This episode of The Far End of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant is presented by the Unhinged Sports Network in partnership with Fubo TV. What's going on, Benjamins? Welcome back. Happy New Year. It's 2021, man. This is the Far End of the Bench podcast. Myself, Nico Bryant, and my partner, Jimmy Jimmy Pilato, we have a fantastic episode for you. Uh, we talk football, everything football, college football, NBA, NFL football, playoffs around the, crown, around the corner. Talk a little bit about NBA basketball, too, man. We have a lot of great things for you. We are part of the Unhinged Network at Unhinged SN on all platforms. Go follow there. You can follow us on YouTube. Um, uh, at Far Under the Bench. You can check us out there, like, subscribe, and then also on Twitter, on Instagram, and TikTok. I still don't agree what we should have a TikTok, but it is what it is. Um, you can follow us at FEOTB Pod on that too, man. We have a lot of great things going. We are a Fanatics partner with us, Fubo TV partner with us. Uh, we now broadcasting on Colorcast too, man. We have so many great things, great content coming out with you. Um, let's get back. Let's get into this episode, man. It's been way too long. Jimmy, let's start us off getting to the center of attention. We got to do the, the TikTok trend. Nico, TikTok. Ooh. It's 2021. We're leaving that in the past. Bench warmers, we're back. We had a little bit of a break. It feels like I haven't been in here to record a podcast in forever, which basically it has been. It's been a little bit over a couple weeks. We had a couple episodes backlogged for you, but we're back. We're bigger than ever. We're still the podcast of the year in 2021. We're holding on to that title so far, and... To get back in the center of attention, we thought we might as well catch you up on a lot of the big news that we missed in our little break during the holidays. Uh, so far, we had Kevin Green and Floyd Little, unfortunately, two members of the NFL Hall of Fame. One very near and dear to Pittsburgh Steelers fans, Kevin Green, uh, was also a Super Bowl winning coach in Green Bay. And then obviously Floyd Little, ring of famer for the Denver Broncos, Hall of Famer, one of the very first prominent African-American running backs, uh, unfortunately passed away over the weekend during our little bit of a break. Uh, rest in peace to both of them. It was pretty shocking seeing Kevin Green. He was only 58. It, it doesn't seem like it was a long enough time, and he had a lot of personality. But moving on in, into some other things, the NBA is back. The NHL is going to be coming back soon, so that's great. We've had a couple weeks of NBA action. Uh, came back right around Christmas. The Nuggets struggling, but we'll talk about it in this episode. They did turn it around a little bit the other night. And then finally, we had college football bowl season. What, what A scaled-back bowl season, but the national championship is set. We had a big upset in the semifinal, depending on who you ask. And Ohio State fans are still the scum of the college football world. I'm sorry, I'm going to apologize, Nico, because I'm sure he's not going to like that. Uh, and I like Jeremy, too, but there's a good portion of them that I just can't stand. Clemson's also come full circle, so we'll talk about that, too. That's basically what you missed in the last couple weeks since we haven't been doing these live episodes. Let's go ahead. Let's get into this center, or excuse me, this episode, episode 22 of the Far End of the Bench, presented by Fanatics and Fubo TV. What's going on, Bench Warmers? Welcome back. Happy New Year, man. We're back. It's 2021. We, we are 
finally back recording an episode during the week that it comes out man it feels good to be back on the couch we're over on the um on my uh kitchen table, kitchen table for, yeah. for the uh, bowl pick because we, we didn't have enough seats on the couch dom and i are a couple big bodies that's that's for sure you you wore his jersey you know that for firsthand and i wore that jets jersey which came back to bite me in the ass so go back and check that out if you guys miss want to go see me back in a jets jersey way back when but uh it's good to be finally back like you said mm-hmm. we missed a lot of sports but we got basketball back right. NFL has playoffs now. Yep. Bowl season has come to an end, unfortunately, but we still have the Natty coming up. Natty. Um, and then hockey is back almost. We are one week away from hockey, and I can't wait for that too. No, and we're getting – this is when I think it's almost to the point where off-season sports are getting to – since there's so much more information now, everybody can see salary caps and all that kind of stuff. Everybody has an opinion who's going to draft who and, and whatever. Off-season sports, and we're about to get to off-season football, at least in the head coach hirings. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit different this year with COVID and all that kind of stuff. But that'll be something that we'll be keeping paying attention to. But I got to point out, first off, we are the only two. Like, we had an episode scheduled to come out, first episode of 2021, and it couldn't have been episode 21. It has to be episode 22. Just always, it, we always miss just, it by just one like week. Right there. It could have been, yeah. Could, but this is, I, I'm still, I'm so pumped to be back. I, we, we got to be back here and broadcasted on Colorcast last night. Shout out to them. Uh, and we're going to be doing more. We'll be doing the national championship if you're listening to this on Monday, the following Monday after. Um, but we we got back in here last night. I, it felt good doing that, but this feels right. It feel I felt my Mondays were missing something without these shows. Oh, it feels good to have the GoPro back on us to have these mics in the stand and and podcast have the, belt, of the year. The 2020 podcast still the here. It's, yeah, we're not going to go anywhere, but it's still here. I'll tell you one thing. This is not that good of a belt. So if you guys want to use the fanatics of football stuff yeah. to help us out and get us a nicer belt be, be my guest but um get, get us over here on the far end of the bench a legit belt because we deserve it yeah fubo tv fanatics you can find those links in our bios on social media at feotb pod we're going to continue to plug that if you've listened to any episode before we say that about 10 to 15 times an episode anything that comes out really if you watched my on the we're recording this on monday if you watched the video that came out my wrestling promo i said it i think three or four times just just so that everybody knows you can find fubo tv which is a great alternative to cable fanatics you can get a jersey like Nico. He's wearing his Jokic. He pulled out the Mile High City Jokic. I got the blue one out today. The bas- yeah. basketball's back. I got my uh, um, black Skyline jersey saved for a special time. Um, I'm sure my Avs jerseys will be coming out oh, next, yeah. starting next week. But I got to rep the Nuggets the first one of the new year. I mean, he's averaging a triple double, so it's not like oh, he's been an absolute animal. He, he, he's a, he's a slow Ser- Serbian? Ser- Serbian 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 animal. Serbian animal. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get there eventually with the Nuggets. Uh, but let's go ahead. We'll talk. You know, what's we'll we'll start here because it's been a while since we've been able to talk to the listeners like this. What's been going on? Anything? What's new? Uh, that's that's coming up. Uh, recently, what, what can what? Well, well, just the new year. I've been working on getting my sports betting going. That has been a. I've had a very very bad couple of weeks of sports betting. It's nice usually having UFC to um get get my paycheck up or be, or get my uh, bank account up because I mean I can bet on UFC fights every Saturday and I haven't had that for the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. so that's unfortunate but um, besides that everything else has been good new new year new beginnings I got to snowboard a little bit which is a lot of fun hopefully I get to go up again soon but I mean we live in Colorado being going to the mountains nothing could beat that so yeah no the mountains in the winter time is great I want to get back to Gunnison badly I'm wearing that's why I'm wearing my wrestling my western wrestling shirt uh, they're starting up here soon but 
mean, yeah, we basically have been working on this like it's a second job. Oh, uh, 100%. This point. We've been putting so many good things together between us adding shows to the network, mm-hmm. us doing more things through social media. Like we said, 2021 is going to be our year, and yeah. we're going to continue to put out more things. There's a lot of new things coming. There might be, for you gamers out there, there might be a Twitch channel at some point. We're not going to be super active. I mean, like, we'll... I play video games a lot, so I might just stream my gameplay. But we'll have a, a special thing that we're we're got we got in the works on Twitch every single month. And uh, with the color cast stuff, we're gonna start putting out those clips on YouTube because we did have the GoPro here. So if you wanna see what it's it's a little behind the scenes peek, and we'll have some highlights. We'll be putting those out once a month or whatever. Exactly, we you broadcast. can see the, you can see the highlights from the other night of when Faku hit his three five three pointers and and all the different highlights. I'm sure there'll be some big plays in the national championship mm-hmm. that you'll be able to watch as well. And when the Avalanche come back, we probably won't be able to do the color cast for the first Avs game, but we'll be able to live tweet it. Um, and we'll we'll be doing a bunch of the other color casts for those games too. So it just gets better and more and more content. Trust me. I mean, if you like hearing our voices on demand a lot better live interacting with us is even going to be more fun trust me it's a good time it was a lot of fun last night we were interacting with the comments people were enjoying our our broadcast and the nuggets had had a big win but we're not going to start with football we got a lot of football to talk or we're not going to start with basketball we got a lot of football to talk about and we'll use basketball to break it up let's start in college football the bowl season a little update on that pickup i've been updating people on twitter it, there was a lot of games that happened in a very short amount of time. I'm not good with numbers anyways. Dom is Neither still are good numbers. Dom is still home, so he did go back through and check everybody, and I am announcing now the standings as it sits. Dom is in first, I believe, by one game. He has a one-game lead on Jeremy, and I were both tied at 13 and 11, and then you are sitting right at 500, 12 and 12, which honestly, with the amount of college football that I know you didn't watch, it, I, it's not I, terrible. I mean, I just got lucky. Ohio State saved my ass when I picked, them, State, t- yeah. when I picked them to beat Clemson. They saved my ass for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a bunch of those were just like a shoe in. I just I just picked whoever are, like the school I know most popular. Or the, the cool mascot or sometimes, the, the Demon Deacons. Yeah, no, Dom got bit in the ass with that game. But uh you're, you're still alive to win it. If Alabama is able to win the national championship, you'd actually get second. You'd beat me. I'm basically screwed. Clemson was my national champion. Uh, thank you very much to Dabo Sweeney and uh, and uh, Trevor Lawrence. I didn't realize that you had already declared for the NFL draft with that performance. Holy shit. Uh, but my championship's no longer there. If Alabama wins, you and Dom both pick the right national champion, but I think he has one game on you. If Ohio State wins, Jeremy wins because he gets the tiebreaker. Uh, since he picked the correct national champion. But that's the update there. Specific games, I mean, what what did you think of bowl season as a whole for what you were able to watch? Because there's a lot of different opinions. I know Jim, who we had on a couple episodes ago from the J-Dash show, was saying that it was a trash bowl season. I'm not sure if I agree with him, but I'll go ahead. What's your opinion on it first? I think with with the bowl season this year, I think there was so much going on with sports coming back that it kind of got set back. Because the NFL season has has had games every day of the week this this season. They've had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then obviously Saturday and Sunday. So it's kind of hard to watch uh, college football when you have the NFL on too. And then also the NBA started two months later. And so the NBA started right when bowl season started so those crits those so those holiday games um for the for the nba kind of people would rather watch that than some of these bad or they're not as good football college football games when it yeah. comes to the obviously the big the big the bigger games people had their eyes on it that is 100 percent true but um what what i'm most fans would rather watch the 
either the NFL games, like the crappier ones, or go watch. I don't know. I mean, there's there's been a lot of good things going on. The The Office is off of Netflix, yeah. so people are binge-watching the hell out of that now. you, you got to right go get Peacock the, if you want to watch The Office anymore. Yeah, so the people are binge-watching that on Super before, or The World Junior. Shout the out years. Bleacher Connection, guys. Exactly. There, the there's World hockey Juniors, going on. Yeah, The World Juniors have been a lot of fun to watch, too, with Alex Newhook and Bowen Byron, but we'll talk about that in a preview yeah. of the Avs season. But they've been absolute studs over there. But, I mean, there's been a lot of different – things going on bowl season kind of had to take a step back because I think the one thing in my opinion that kind of made it a really, really different feel was the Rose bowl, not being at the Rose bowl. Mm-hmm. Cause I think the Rose bowl on new year's day, there is a feeling behind the Rose bowl that picture above with the roses and the jets flying over. I think that really sets everything that sets the tone for bowl season yeah. and, and having the bowl, the Rose bowl still being played, but having it being in Arlington, it's a different feel. I mean, it it's it's just not it's just not the same um, because Alabama versus um, Notre Dame was an okay game, but like most of these most of these bowl games were also blowouts. It's not like we had a ton of close games. We only had a few here and there, but like the main ones were basically blowouts. There's a, there's a few things that I want to to get out before I give my take on this. Uh, well. First off, I think it was hindered most by the timing of it. Mm-hmm. Bull season's normally like a three-week-long thing, so yes, you have those. I was pretty excited because you the first game was on a Monday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so there's going to be football on, but with the way they abbreviated it, you didn't get – so if you were watching the Cincinnati game, there was also two other games going on at the same time. Auburn Northwestern was going on, and, and I can't remember which, which other game was going on, but it, they condensed it so much that you were having to watch – I wanted to watch Cincinnati play Georgia because I wanted to see how that played out, but I did not want to watch um, how Northwestern bounced back after the Big Ten Championship. Uh, I think that's where missing out on that extra week and the they extended shot time. in the foot, basically, yeah. Pretty much, and it's on – I'll, I'll go ahead and put the blame where it should be. It's on the Pac-12, it's on the Big Ten for not coming back when everybody else did. It could have been avoided with everything – like the games – Take take the game the same games being canceled everything's same if those two leagues didn't start so late and we had to give them so much time to get as many games in um, it would be a, a whole different situation so I'll I'll put the blame on those two conferences but that really hurt bowl season um, and I think just really the the timing of the season as a whole because a lot of these schools like Oregon only had a few games coming in and and, and there were some other schools that hadn't played in a couple months. COVID really did do a number on bowl season. It's unfortunate. I still there there are a couple interesting storylines that come out of this. Big twelve finishes undefeated. They did not lose a single bowl game. Everybody wants to talk. I mean, I said it too. I think the Big Twelve and the Pac twelve are probably the two lesser of the power five conferences, but they had a great showing. Oklahoma's fucking scary next year. Spencer Rattler, as much as he's not the greatest person to get he's behind, be, he's, he's, he's very hard good. to root for. He's a plus 450 right now for the Heisman. I saw that earlier. Uh, for the, Next year, hopefully. Yes, not no, the, no, it's okay, next, it's next year. Yeah, the next year for, for the following yeah. year. Uh, but he's plus 450 for next year. He looked really good. It, and then that brings up another, another thing about this year's bowl season. A lot of p- players opted out. So that might be – that's the only place where I see Jim's argument about the season being trash is that there were a ton of players who decided that the NFL draft and, and combine process was more important than finishing out their college careers. But well, it, was, it was just weird because, I mean, each conference has their officials. It's not like there's one – like like there's not – it's not like it's one league. Yeah, it's all NCAA football, but each um, each team or each school is is dependent on their division or their mm-hmm. their uh, their conference. The conference really de- depicts how everything else goes for the rest of the season. Um, if it, if it was one 
governing body, which we don't have in, in, in college sports at all, then they probably would have went a lot smoother. But each conference has their own agenda. And yeah. that unfortunately hindered everything because, I mean, like we said, Ohio State only had seven games before. Um, and Clemson had 11 and blah, blah, blah. That's That never happens. But since um, everything that hit with COVID and, and all the games being canceled or teams not being able to travel or whatever it may be, that just made it a weird season. It was it was weird. I'm glad that it it got done. I think that it was important for the season to be finished out, and we are going to have a national championship. Um, it, we'll talk about that game more specifically. But first, before we get to the semifinal games, uh, the Georgia Cincinnati game is one I wanted to touch on because this was Cincinnati had the weight of the entire group of five on them, every non-power five school, and I don't think that they did a terrible terrible job, honestly. If you if you put them in the if you go back to the similar situation to UCF in 2017 against Auburn, if that game was just a little bit longer, Auburn still had a chance to win that game. It's not like UCF dominated them. So when you get in these games where it's a power five versus a group of five, granted Cincinnati's a great team, they have a ton of talent, and they did they were winning for a majority of that game. It took a hell of a comeback by a school. It's the biggest comeback I think in school history for a bowl game in Georgia. Uh, but if you just continue to play the the talent. And the physicality of everything is going to catch up to you. And you started to see that um, after the long touchdown run Cincinnati had, Georgia started their comeback because they were just able to decide that, you know what, we're just going to bully you. And, and it was it was unfortunate. But this leaves the question, group of five, does, it, does this warrant expansion? I don't know if it warrants expansion because if Cincinnati wins that game, then they prove themselves they should have been that four team. But like I said um, when we when the when we did the bowl predict, prediction show, I love this is my favorite matchup out of the top four on mm-hmm. um, this Georgia uh, um, Cincinnati game because Georgia is one of the, one of the top SEC schools for a reason. They have they are a storied program for the last few years. They have RBU basically with Todd Gurley, Sonny Michelle, um, Nick Chubb. You can go on and on with that. With uh, that their list. defense has been pretty legit the last exactly. few years exactly. So. Um, they know what they're doing down in Georgia. And then Cincinnati had a chance to show that you, they deserve respect. But in the end, Georgia showed why the SEC is still the SEC. Um, this 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 matchup with – I mean, if with Cincinnati losing like that, um, they were winning. So it, it's not like they got their ass kicked. But losing, I think, is a bigger slap to those lower five conferences because with – um, them losing to maybe the third best team in the conference technically because Florida you could say is the second best team in the conference on paper because they're in the SEC championship obviously it's probably not true yeah. um, because their poor performance against Oklahoma but um, on paper they're the third best team in the SEC and Cincinnati couldn't hold the lead against the third best SEC team and why then then that conversation of why Cincinnati isn't in the final four makes sense mm-hmm. because if they couldn't hold that lead against Georgia what do you think would have happened against Alabama they would have got their ass Passes were handed to them. Yeah, um, that, that wouldn't have been a close game. Alabama would have murdered them more than they murdered Notre Dame. Uh, it, it, like like I said, it did not matter who they put it for. Uh, it didn't matter. It didn't matter who they put it for. But Cincinnati proved. I mean, they had a chance to prove themselves. They just didn't. Honestly, I, I would give that loss. Yes, the players should have not put the the game in that situation. And I give a lot of credit to Georgia and Kirby Smart. But that's that's the thing is, coaching ended up deciding that game. Fickle. Uh, did not he he he, we talk we've talked about some bad coach clock managements that that last series, fourth and one or third and one you can't pass it there you got to run it and, and even though your guys aren't as physical up front and you might not get it you still got to run it because you can use the clock as a weapon at that point you gave them 
absolutely way too much time and your defense was tired because uh, looking at the box score, it Cincinnati scored three touchdowns and there was one touchdown in each quarter leading up to that point. And then Georgia started getting in a rhythm and going on pace. So I, I would say it was coaching. I don't, I don't think it was a terrible loss for them. I think Cincinnati is going to come back with a vengeance next year and repeat as uh, All-American Athletic Conference champion and, and probably be in the conversation as to why they're not involved in the playoff again. Uh, the one game that I would say, yeah, I, I do think that it should, do you still think that they should expand the oh, playoff yeah, a little bit? 100%. I don't, maybe not to 16, but I think definitely eight. Eight um, could be. I, I think eight is a lot more reasonable because, I mean, you have to discuss with all the divisions, like I said, and the NCAA, NCAA in general is just a whole shit show. Right. So that's 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 something else to be worried about. But I think eight teams is the move because you cannot – it's hard to jump from four to 16 right away. I think you got to take baby steps. That's why when we jumped from two to four, I believe they did that because they could have easily done from two national championships, just one national championship game to eight mm-hmm. because that's – I mean, that's only four games total. Um, so with, with the having – the um, only 18 playoff you can you can have each t- power five champion and then you can have the the, the next best three the, in one group of the five next champions. best three in one or whatever may be mm-hmm. group of five champions and then wh- whoever loses their their whatever record may be it still leaves room for error yeah. and then wh- when you move it to 16 um you you have a lot more factors into it and and that may not ncaa may not be ready for that so I, that's why i think maybe eight is the first step mm-hmm feel it out with eight for a few years and then go to 16 but it definitely does need to go on to four because it was an absolute ass whooping what we saw Alabama to do and I thought I mean we didn't think it was going to be an ass whooping the Clemson Ohio State game but Ohio State poured it on that Ohio team. State was probably the most dominant football team to take take a field in the in the last couple of weeks um for the 16 teams they they probably could do it um just because in the way that it would base be based solely off of the rankings at that point um, and then regionals, there's that's how Division Two does it. Is your you have your conferences, and then they split each conference into a region. Um, they would need to do that, and they're not going to with the way because they're making money now, hand over fist. Yes, I think they would make more if they changed it, but if they're not losing any money at this point, there's no reason they're not going to see the point in changing it. Um, if if we're being honest too, though, like with, with the 16 team playoff, the best games are going to be the eight versus 11, nine versus 10, the one versus 16. I think the 16th seed would have been Coastal Carolina, maybe, or I'm not entirely I'll, sure. I'll pull it up. But, keep, keep going with your point. With, and I'll have but the, with I'll Alabama playing against the Coastal Carolina team, that would have been an absolute shit show. What we could have seen is what we could we could have saw Alabama versus Cincinnati. I believe it was Cincinnati 9, Georgia 8. Cincinnati was 9, so Cincinnati okay. still would have been left out. They but... probably would have put Cincinnati there if it was if it was a top 8. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we would have saw Cincinnati versus Alabama, that would have been a better game. Um, obviously, having the game with Alabama playing um, whoever the 16th season. It would be Iowa. So the, Iowa. the rankings th- before bowl season so, would, would have been Iowa. Yeah, so I think that would have been a steamroll either way. But like it's it's just a weird situation with having 16 teams I mean, we talk about college basketball a lot and how fantastic March Madness is. Mm-hmm. Taking College football needs to follow suit. Um, we talked about this with the bowl pick too. I mean, I'll keep going back to the episode, but um, there's a preseason in every single sport. There's exhibition games. Uh, there's exhibition games where you could have – you could – 
erase those crappier games and make the extended postseason because I know college football doesn't want to have a 30 game season or 25 game season that's yeah. the one thing they're trying to avoid well they've extended their they extend their calendar as much as they can they have two bye weeks in there they could take one of those out mm-hmm. and then um they can the NCAA they they I agree with the exhibition games one thing I'll say is that yes the one versus 16 matchup might be a blowout and we might see the same situation happen that we saw with Alabama and, and um, Notre Dame. But the one thing I will say is that when you have to play multiple times, each game, you have to make sure that you don't make a catastrophic mistake. So yes, in, in this situation, Alabama probably dominates Iowa because I don't think that happens in their next matchup. Maybe they catch an Indiana team who's coming off of an upset win over Florida that nobody thought Indiana could take. And there's always the more games you play, the more chance there is for error. The more chance there is for error, especially in college sports when it's 18 to 25-year-old kids. Mm-hmm. That's that's where the parity is going to come in. So, yes, the first-round matchups still are probably going to look the same, but those second, third-round matchups, those are going to be the ones where you're like, I really don't know. Maybe we have a VCU at some point in the semifinal. Um, so, I, yes, the parity won't be evident right away, but it will still come, and there's still – when you get into the playoff, the money that you make from the bowl game – helps every single program so then the talent gap will start to become a little bit less it, it is possible yeah and extending the the uh playoff too it definitely does give other programs more accruits in my opinion because mm-hmm. one one of the best one of the biggest enticing things about going to alabama ohio state clemson or or Notre Dame is that they're more than likely going to be in the playoff i mean these bigger recruits now They'll just stay in their state. Say Cincinnati, for instance. Those recruits won't go to Ohio State. They'll go to Cincinnati, and then they have because they have a shot at making the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that could make it even better with eight or sixteen. I do agree completely. It does need to move on yeah. from the four. Um, Jeremy was even saying at one point that we got to get rid of four and just go back to two because this is terrible. Well, this um, is this is just causing more divisiveness among the champions. There's. You can go back however many years you want to, all the way back to back in 1990 when CU won their championship. It's technically not a champ; they share it with another school. So they, there have been worse things in the past, but I agree with Jeremy that this has been more frustrating than any BCS championship that I can remember. Mm-hmm. There was at least the BCS champion. I thought the best team would win, would, or you, all you, the teams had a chance. The, yeah, you knew the top two, who the top two, two teams were, mm-hmm. and with the BCS, like. You knew like the other games meant a little more. The Rose Bowl game, like I mean, it, when it's not a Final Four game, it really doesn't matter as much. Yeah. Um. And and the other games mean so much more because you know who the top two teams are. I do think the play the the Final Four is a great thing though because like we said, Ohio State wouldn't have been in the national championship if it was based off one and two. Um. So I do like that aspect of it, but like I said, four. The four seed, Ohio State proved that they should have been in there, but Notre Dame, that four seed could have been elsewhere. It's really, um, it's a matter of, and I just, I, I had a point and then I lost it, but I, I do think that what what the playoff did, I, I found it again, what the playoff did was it introduced the idea of parity, but then it takes away everything that you, you would have used to make the parity, like conference championships. I said it on, on the episode with Jeremy and Dom that, if we're going based off the criteria set forth when the playoff committee came down and, and said this is what we're going based off of, conference championships were number one on the list. Undefeated record was right there underneath it, and then it was who did you play and what conference did you play in. It wasn't who who did who do you know who which athletic director sits at the top of the committee, <clears throat> Ohio State, um, and then who's gonna do everything that they can. 
it's six million dollars. When a conference gets one school into the playoff, they get six million dollars for the conference that's dispersed evenly amongst every, every single every single school in that conference. You get multiple schools in, like the ACC did this year. Both those both those schools are in six six million dollars. That's an extra twelve million to an athletic budget that's going to be growing once COVID comes out. There's they've made their money, but they have the chance to make a lot more money. Um, and I think the BCS, I agree with you with the other bowl game. You have the top two, and then you'd have the, the Rose Bowl where nobody opts out because they want to win a Rose Bowl championship. Something, this is, it was a good idea. It hasn't been executed very well. Well, well first of all, I mean, yes, do, did Ohio State play a shortened schedule, but they obviously deserved it. They obviously deserved it. It's not the fact that, yes, they um, – they, they got in because of their resume, but they showed to everyone why they should have been. If anything, we should have been looked at the ACC even worse. We yeah. should not have looked at – we should have discredited Clemson because they're them losing to Notre Dame earlier in the year. That That's what we should have been discrediting more than mm-hmm. Ohio State only playing six games, seven games. That's what we should have been looking at more, for being honest. Um, because Notre, obviously Ohio State is one of the top two teams in this country for a reason because they manhandled Clemson. When it comes to that four team, that's where it's up for debate. Because yeah. the ACC, um, obviously the ACC did not have the, the facilities because they did not have a good bowl record. They did not do very well um, in the bowl season. A lot and of their schools got that. that that's where you look at, does Ohio, Ohio State maybe should have been too. If they played maybe eight games, maybe they should have been the number two seed instead of Clemson. Either way, it doesn't matter. Ohio State took care of business and proved why Clemson shouldn't have been number two. Um yeah. And that they were, they were on the backs of the number one pick in Trevor Lawrence. So that's just one of the other – Arguments there. Um, Texas A&M being there, that, that goes to the other thing with SEC, SEC bias, whatever it may be. And then you look at the Big 12. Oklahoma, we thought um, beginning of the year, they, they lost their shot completely, but they proved themselves. Well, they definitely – I think they would have been – They would have been, they been interesting in the playoff. Yeah, they they, they actually would have been. Um, maybe they deserve four more. Um, who knows? But either way, Ohio State – Deserve to be in there for a reason. They showed it. They they're in the national championship for mm-hmm. a reason. Justin Fields proved everyone wrong, including myself, because I thought he was going to shit the bed. Um, Trevor Lawrence is the one that shit the bed, and so it's it's now we're at a point where I think the two best teams are playing 100. Um, percent But I wish we had a better system to get there. Yeah, system better system to get there because I because right now Ohio State and Alabama are the two best teams in college football. There's no doubt in my mind. It should be that. a hell of a game. It, it should. It's be, going to be a fantastic yeah. game, but. Getting there should have been better. Notre Dame shouldn't have been there. Clemson should have ranked, been ranked lower. Oklahoma should have had a little more love to be pushed into that position, mm-hmm. especially after they throttled um, in the Big 12 championship, and then they throttled Florida. Yeah. Uh, Florida should have been discredited as well. Alabama is far and away the number one team in the country for a reason. There's no shot. They, they wouldn't have been lower, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just a weird situation. I just want the, the upcoming to be better than what we had. Get me to the same point, but do it better. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I would not minded this Alabama Ohio State final with an eight team playoff. Mm-hmm. If Ohio State ran through everybody, then got to Clemson and kicked their ass like they did, and got to the national championship, I would have been completely fine with it. I just wish Notre Dame would have been figured out better, and I wish um, they would have handled the Cincinnati, Oklahoma. Um, I'm trying to think of the other team. Uh, A&M. A&M, yeah, A&M situation a little bit better. Yeah, I, that's we're on board on the same board with that. Uh, like I've, I've said it a while ago, uh, the NCAA is going to wait until everybody loses hope, and then they're going to p- turn around and say, hey, look at this new thing. So we've been telling you to do that for years, but thank you for doing it now. Uh, that's, that's where we stand with that. 
Now let's let's talk a little bit before we transition into basketball. This Ohio State Alabama matchup because we're not going to have another episode before this game happens. So I agree, it's the two best teams, and they proved that this past weekend. Alabama, I think, didn't beat Notre Dame quite as badly as I thought they should have. This Notre Dame team was better than the the last one that got into the playoff and got killed. Uh, but Devontae Smith is the best offensive player in the country. Is is probably going to win the Heisman. I want to apologize because when we did the poll pick him, I said Devontae Smith shouldn't win Heisman because he's a wide receiver. But boy, was I wrong. He deserves every bit of it. And I would love to see a receiver now have the Heisman trophy because he deserves it far away, especially after what Trevor Lawrence did. Yeah. Um, no, so I, I think I think he deserves it more than anything. Lawrence and Trask had bad days. And then the his he's benefiting because Mac Jones didn't have – Yes, Devontae Smith benefits off Mac Jones, but Mac Jones wasn't as dominant in that game, and neither was Najee Harris. He was the most dominant player in the biggest moment so far. Trask Trask shouldn't even be invited to New York after what he did against Oklahoma. Uh, but after he, he touched the ball the first time, Devontae Smith on the sideline, making everybody miss and deciding that he wanted to score, so he went and scored, that was his Heisman moment. There's You always look for a couple Heisman moments. His first one was the one-handed catch against LSU because that that's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Um, and then it was this first touchdown, I think, because it just showed if he wants to score, he's going to score. If yeah. he doesn't want to, then then who knows? But if he if he had puts his mind to scoring, that's what's going to happen. There's very many, very few cornerbacks on the field that can slow him down, and he 100% is a person that is going to that raise his draft stock. Mm-hmm. He is far and away the best. Honestly, I might not like. I might not hate the Bengals picking him now. Because I mean, they're sitting at five, I think they're going to miss out on offensive linemen. Yeah, Sewell might might go earlier, but I mean, if you're the Dolphins at three, you definitely look at repairing Tua and Devontae Smith mm-hmm. back together. That could be electric down National there. National championship but, connection. Uh, Devontae Smith is going to be has raised his stock completely. Um, I mean, Alabama, yeah, they. I mean, they still won thirty-one to fourteen. The score was thirty-one to seven at one point. So I, I, I mean, they didn't beat them by fifty, well, <laughs> like Ohio State did. Or I mean, Ohio State beat them, beat one only one by twenty-one points. So it's not like there was that much of a difference, in my opinion. Um, Alabama still throttled them. Notre Dame was handled that whole entire game. If it wasn't for a late touchdown by Notre Dame, the final score would have been thirty-one to seven. So it's not like Notre Dame had a shot in that game at all. Let's let's, let's no not, Notre Dame did yeah, not have a shot. They, I'm not, yeah. I, I didn't say that, but. We talk so much about how dominant Alabama's offense is, and they just didn't need to score as much. And their defense I would have, is what showed up. Their defense their did. Defense and they're up. very athletic everywhere. They have the speed. That's the best thing about the ICC is the kids that you recruit are fast, and they're fast and physical. They're going to be everything. They're, they're going to need all of that going up against this Ohio State team, who I think their offense has kind of transitioned. I think the, the biggest difference I saw from last year's semifinal matchup to this year's was the attitude of Ohio State was – pissed off mm-hmm. trey sermon ran like he was pissed off justin fields took that hit from skalski we can debate whether or not he should have been kicked out to the letter of the law he should have been but took that hit felt the pain the rest of the rest of the game had extra padding put into his 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 uniform and still came out and was just dumb he wanted to win that game more than anything i I have to give my kudos to those two guys because they definitely put the team on their back and everybody else stepped up too. Every single person who made the mistake to cost them the game last year stepped up and made a huge play. Olave's touchdown, the long touchdown that Fields threw. Uh, Olave's the one he was going for last year when he threw the game ceiling interception. So everybody that was there last year and everybody who had a little bit of a chip on their shoulder came out and they wanted to prove that 
They aren't the 11th ranked team in the country. I mean, the number 11 is a lucky number for them, obviously, because they throttled them. I mean, that tra- the tra- people are sleeping on what Trey Sermon has done the last three weeks. 500 if, yards. If he had, if he had these numbers, the first whatever many weeks of the season, we could we could have seen him at the Heisman Trophy ceremony mm-hmm. because he has been putting up unreal numbers. And this Ohio State team is realizing that Justin Fields is a fantastic quarterback, but. He, we can have a, we can have we can run it down your throat yeah. and we can make you feel every single inch no pause on that and feel every single inch there, on the, the field. There wasn't and, much pause what Trey Sermon was doing to, to Clemson. <laughs> Ohio State's better without Master Teague on the field. Everybody was talking about Master T going into the season. The other running back that ended up being hurt, Trey Sermon's a dude. He is an animal. He got lost in the shuffle at Oklahoma, but man. He's yeah, a bad, I, bad I, I, man. We both love watching a good running game. And oh, watching Ohio State, I know you God. hate Ohio State, but you can't deny how fun it is. That how was fun of a running Big game Ten was. football. I'm going to take my foot, turn it sideways, and shove it up your ass. It was amazing. I loved it. I, I hated it because of the team. But just deep down inside, I was like, I like it. Keep doing that. I, do it again. Hit him again. Hit him again. Yeah, it was... And the fuel Dabo Sweeney put into this Ohio State team if anyone really thought that Ohio State wasn't going to answer back in any different way, they were not going to get their ass. They were not going to lay down and take an ass beating. They were going to come at you full swing and not go down without a fight, and they kicked the shit out of you. How 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 good is it that I, I think and wrestling fans will appreciate this. I think this is one of the greatest heel turns since Seth Rollins turned his back on the shield in, in 20, 2016, I think, in WWE. The way Clemson went from the happy-go-lucky going to compete with this Alabama dynasty to a dynasty themselves to now they disrespect everybody that they play and everybody wants, them to, wants to see them get beat. And when you lose, everybody, I, I tweeted it on my personal Twitter. I was like, I get it. Dabble ranked Ohio State 11th going into the game. We don't have to tweet about it anymore. I've oh, seen I tweeted about a it million. I know. I, I I woke up the next morning and scrolled for five minutes, and it was Dabo. Are they 11? Are they 11? Film study, huh? Film. Yeah. No. Eh, I get it. No. It's it's one of the best. Well, depending on how you look at it, one of the best heel turns I think I've ever seen, it's especially gonna, as a wrestling fan. It's gonna be an even bigger heel turn. Because I, I said this, I tweeted this out at one of our fellow brethren at the Unhinged Network, Hilo Sports. Yep. He said, what a heel turn Dabo Sweeney has turned. I said, well, wait until he goes back, he goes back to his alma mater. Mm-hmm. And Nick Saban retires, and he is the head coach of Alabama for the next 30 years. Because that's even going to be a bigger heel turn, because all of Clemson is going to hate the man. Because now, let's be honest, Clemson may not be a top-four team next year without mm-hmm. when Trevor Lawrence leaves, Ula, whatever. Uyagalale. Yep, there you go. I know you got the name down. <laughs> But I still don't. I, I say it for everybody. Nobody will say yeah, it. Uyagalale. Yeah, so who knows what they're going to look like he's next a, year. He's top five for Heisman next year, too. So, I mean, Clemson might be the drop-off. This is We might see a few bad years from Clemson. And then Nick Saban's like, I've won enough national championships. My tro- my uh, my uh, um, uh, trophy, not trophy, my uh, my bust or what's it called? Like the statue. Yeah. My statue is already out in front of Bryant-Denny Stadium. Now it's time for to bring in the new blood and let – uh, Dabo Sweeney take over because I'm telling you right now, Dabo Sweeney would not hate to be the Alabama head coach. I believe that's his that's his alma mater. That's what I'm saying. Right? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. his alma mater. He won and he played in it and won a national championship for them. Now come back to coach after you what you've done at Clemson. I think that's the greatest heel turn in college football history. Right there. He's probably the only coach that'd be able to take over that program, especially where Saban has put it. Saban's been weird. One other interesting fact about that Clemson Ohio State matchup. Yes, it was a rematch from. Uh, last year's semifinal, but 
that was the first time Clemson has lost to Ohio State in the postseason. For as great as the program as Ohio State has been, all the national championships, Woody Hayes, which is also another funny story about Clemson, he got kicked out of his game the last game he ever coached for Ohio State because he punched a, a Clemson linebacker on the sideline. That was the first time Buckeyes have beat the Tigers in the postseason. So it, it was a great win for them. I'm excited for the national championship. I think Alabama's going to win. I'm not going to – I'm a, I, I don't want to pick Ohio State. That's why I'm going Alabama. I'm going Alabama because I want Charlie to get himself a ring. Um, Charlie, uh, or I can I mean, get behind he's, that. He, he's got a Rose Bowl ring right now. He has the SEC championship right now. Now I'll go get you the natty. Chuck, I, I'm, I'm rooting for you. Um, I, I do would, I do would like to see new blood. I do like would like to see Ohio State make a statement, but I want, I, I'm not going to root against Charlie. So, I, I mean, yeah. we probably shouldn't be picking this game considering we are uh, commentating it. But, I mean, that's who we're, we're both picking Alabama. If people know me, they know that I was going to be a little bit skewed against Ohio State. It is difficult, though, because Ohio State's offense, with the way that they've been heating up, it's very scary to think that they're not going to be able to do that again. But it's Nick Saban. That's it's the one thing that you can continue to go back on is that it's Nick Saban. So, that's that's the college football. Be sure to tune in to our color cast on iOS only. So if you have an Android, I'm sorry, you won't be able to listen. Uh, but if you have an iPhone, tune into the color cast. You can put us on and watch the game without their muted sound. Uh, with all you have to do is download the app and then search. I mean, we we weren't exactly best at it. It was our first time, so give us a little bit of leeway. But we got to download the app. You got to search. What is last night? Nuggets versus Timberwolves, and mm-hmm. then you click on it, and then we're the first people that pop up. There may be multiple other podcasts or recordings on it too, so you might have to choose, and there'll be a far end of the bench tag after it. Yep. But you have to search Ohio State versus Alabama, and then you click on there. And if there's other options for other casts. Then you click us. So that's how you get through all that. We'll be more attentive with all that. We're still trying to feel all this out as we go along. This came up really suddenly. It was a, a quick turnaround that we had to do. Um, so we will we'll be doing the color cast there. We'll probably start about 15 minutes for a little bit of a pregame show, and then we'll commentate through the whole game. Uh, I believe it starts at six mountain time. So that be on the lookout for that on Monday. Let's go. Let's talk about some basketball because we did. We broadcasted speaking of color cast, the nuggets game last night. So let's talk about the nuggets slow start to the season, but the, the bench, even though they struggled early on yesterday, they did come on pretty strong towards the end of the game. The Nuggets ended up getting a pretty handed, vic- handed victory. It, w- it looked a lot worse than it was. But what were some of the things that stood out to you uh, from our broadcast last night? Well, I mean, the, the Nuggets finally, the, the second group is the problem. Obviously, the second group was, was the big problem with our slow start. Um, losing Jeremy Grant and losing Torrey Craig. Mm-hmm. I, hated, I, I really hate saying this, but I didn't want to say it, but that, that hurts us a lot. Um, we that 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 expanded role by PJ Dozier. Now we've slowly seen him get into form and be that backup small forward, because um, MPJ has been out the last two games. But he is his his emergence has been fantastic. So I'm mm-hmm. very excited to see him going forward. Um, but when it comes to Jokic and Jamal Murray. Jokic is right now should be top five in MVP voting. Yes, we're really early in the season, but the numbers he's putting up as a center. He had another triple-double last night. He had 18 assists mm-hmm. the other night. Are you kidding me from a center? That blasted the the last pre, the previous record by an assist by a center in a single game. That is just unreal. Jamal Murray, it took way too long for him to get going. We could have loved for him to actually play a little bit in the Christmas Day game. He fouled out with the first game of the season against the Kings. Shout out the reservist pod. 
I, I said sorry already on, on three in the key because you guys double swept us and we're, we're, we're 0-2 against you guys. So that's a little pain in the side. But um, this next team is, is looking a lot better. MPJ is going to be that starting small forward. I just need help from Gary Harris and Will Barton badly. I need them to step up or get the hell out because their uh-huh. shooting has absolutely been horrendous. Gary Harris, we cannot have a starting shooting guard go 1-for-12. That cannot happen at all in this league. When you have when you have a great two man game with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, you need to have good shooters around him. MPJ's at mm-hmm. Paul Millsap was hitting threes last night. Millsap had a good game. Millsap, Millsap caught fire. Well, Jermichael Green could knock down threes as well. Faku so, had five. Fa- yeah, Faku. Five threes. Oh man, Faku, don't don't start single me. Three, single threes, Don't start me over Faku. But I mean, you gotta have Gary Harris production, or he's gonna have to go off the bench because then you gotta look at it and be like, we gotta have production because I mean. Because if you have Gary Harris out there, no one's going to start respecting him on the three. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's where you look at maybe do we start Will Barton at the two? Do you throw PJ Dozier to start as a shooting guard? Maybe you throw Monte at the one and move Mon- Jamal Murray to the two. Monte's had himself a season. Monte's had has played very well too. So there's a lot of different things Mike can do. We're just we're just trying to get our foot the right footing. Um, I do like having the lineup of Jamal or Jamichael Green, excuse me, and Paul Millsap at the four and five. Mm-hmm. Um, Hardenstein has worked his his way out of the rotation because he has not been good to start the season. So that's the biggest cause for concern is the defense and the rebounding. Um, hopefully when MPJ comes back, that helps more, but there's, there's, it's, it's six games in the season. I got to pump the brakes. I was losing my mind, yeah. but we got to pump the brakes. The nuggets were been down and out and counted out before. So we just got to relax. No, it was, it's definitely a weird situation for everybody because think about what these guys went, went through with last season. They play up until March. Rudy Gobert rubs every single microphone in, in the, you know, in the Utah arena. I don't even know what it's called. And then they get shut down until, August, they come back and it's August until uh, November almost, or was it mid-October, that it's basketball, 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 and then they stop and then they have to come back. This is still, it's still people are learning how to deal with this because now instead of it being in a bubble, you're traveling to different uh, places, different arenas. So there's going to be a learning curve. So I agree, pump the brakes. The Nuggets are also, none of the Colorado teams, if they start off well, end up finishing as strong. Look exactly. at Look at the team in purple. Look what they did. They were they were like top three after the first we fifteen games. We had the best games, record in baseball at one point. And they only won fifteen. They were fifteen and like four, and they only won fifteen games after that and lost another sixty. So it's not like a slow start wouldn't be a terrible thing for a Denver team. That's another thing we have to keep in our mind when the Avs do the same thing. So we just we just gotta we just gotta relax, take a deep breath, enjoy football right now, mm-hmm. and then wait for football to end, and then we start worrying if the Nuggets and the Avs suck after that. Because after football season and when basketball and hockey are the top two sports, if both teams are struggling, then we start to worry. But now, for now, let's just let's just relax, take a deep breath. Turn on some light music, uh, and we'll go, be able to get back. through this. Yeah, yeah, just go back, watch Faku's five threes. I mean, the, the highlights are all over Twitter. Don't worry. You can just check our Twitter. We have that on there as well. It's so just, just, yes, we're two and four, but pump the brakes. We'll be okay. With Everything, these- everything's going to be all right. R E L A X. Relax. Oh, whoa. Okay. Is that Jay Cutler? <laughs> no, it's, well, they, I mean, if you're asking high low sports, it's Jay Cutler by Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. No, it, relax. Everything will be, everything will come when it's supposed to. These sports, anyways, you're kind of supposed to look at 10 game stretches. Mm-hmm. So six and four, or excuse me, not six and four. Two and four. Two and four in the first six games. We'll see how they finish. They could end up six and four in their first 10, which wouldn't be terrible. It's not like the worst place that they could start out. 
Um, and the same thing with the Avs when they start coming back. They're the Avalanche are in a, another situation because yes, basketball is very physical on your body, but there's a lot of back-to-back scheduled in the hockey season, and you're playing. A lot of teams are playing the same teams over and over and over again. So there's the physical, especially in hockey, that, that we're going to have to think about. We'll be able to talk a little bit more about that when we I'm will, on two will, for chirping. Yeah, we will dive and, into And Nico will come chirping. on at, at some point. And we'll dive into that next week too because once college football ends, we will be full board hockey. Yeah, I might have to break out my new sweater next week. Exactly, yeah. Ooh, you're you're going to have to turn that boy out. tune into the Far End of the Bench YouTube channel. For, far End of the Bench, subscribe and turn on the, the notifications as well. Uh, because that that'll be, we talked about how nice they are. Seeing it on camera, it doesn't disappoint. There's nothing better than hockey sweaters. There's really nothing. They're else. really easy to take off. I always, I, I should have understood that, but this is the first real sweater that I've got. And I was when I had it on, I was going to take it off, and I had, I was like, wow, that I can just pop that on, pop that off. Yeah, so. I'm, 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 a, I'm a hoodie under a jersey kind of guy though, so I mean, I do like my hoodie out. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little picky about my hockey sweaters, but I still love the hockey time. So can't wait for that to all that to come back. Anything else you wanted to talk about basketball wise, or did you want to break down the last regular season week where and where our teams stand in the NFL? Well, I mean, if you guys want to hear more in depth basketball, go to the. T- the uh, three in the key, God, I keep messing three and two, two for chirping, three oh. in the key. I'll, I'll mess that up a few times, I'm sure. But we went in depth on everything. Um, the big news out of that basically is that um, the Bucks are been dominating. The they they've been they, they throttled the Heat by fifty. The Oof. Clippers lost by fifty to the Mavericks, which yeah, I, I loved. That. Oh my God, that was sweet. Uh, Kawhi Leonard got popped in the mouth um, against our game, and he missed that following game. The Clippers just got th- just thrashed. Are you telling me Pandemic P can't can't carry the team on his own? He can't carry the team, but I will give him credit. He's played well. He's played well. And besides that, the Lakers are on a tear. Um, other surprises are the Suns. The Suns have been playing very well. Good, a lot of good basketball out there in the Valley. Shout mm-hmm. out Valley boys. Um, but they've been playing a lot of good basketball. Um, and the Wizards with with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal has not looked very good either. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they've struggled quite a bit. Um, Brooklyn looks pretty good. Brooklyn, I told, I tried to tell you, Brooklyn with Steve Nash. Is I was going on, to be I was on board with you, especially with everybody they had coming back. I was on board with you, but they look. They look I mean, Kyrie, good. Kyrie was my one wild card that I didn't really know if he was going to show up, but maybe he should do the incense and in every sage single, before every single every game. single game because his he's he's made a couple people look stupid with his handle so far this season. I'm starting to pick up. That's on, nothing on, new on for the, me. I see that. I know. I know exactly what he's because those handles. The last time like I've that. seen his handles like that was in Uncle Drew. Mm-hmm. So that, I'm, and I'm there is saying. one other big story coming out of basketball in the last two days, but you'll hear about that later in our in our pick, not our pick em, but our segments. So don't worry, you'll hear about that a little bit later. All right, quickly here, we got about 15 minutes before we'll take our our break. Uh, we'll, we'll finish. We finished the regular season. We got through the entire season. Uh, ended pretty dissim. I'm dissatisfied with where my team ended. I know you're dissatisfied where your team ended. Your ending to the season was a little bit more bitter than I'd say mine was. I knew at least the Bengals didn't give me any hope that we were going to win this game. They just decided to come out and the Ravens were going to dominate them like they have for every uh, Lamar Jackson's undefeated against the Bengals. And he seems to make his best highlights against them as well, other than the uh, uh, poop gate when he does Paul Pierce impression. But it, it was a overall bad season. And I think it's trending upward, but I was doing some research before the show, and like I said, we might be we might miss out on Penny Sewell. He might go a little bit before us because now we're the fifth pick. Atlanta's somehow ahead of us now, so I, I I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't want to go fully there yet. I'm glad Joe's 
going to be back, but I don't know exactly what to feel about the Bengals. Well, with, with your fifth pick, it's just an interesting thing. What? Because uh, in all in all honesty, I think the Dolphins take Devontae Smith at three. Um, they're obviously not drafting a quarterback. They they have Tua, they have Fitzpatrick, and that seems like the future. But they got gifts of that pick because the Texans traded away to Laramie Tunsil, and that was unprotected. Oh my God, what a, what a, what a trade that was for Miami. How about that? I'm talking about that, but um, I think Sewell, if, if Atlanta, there's a situation where Atlanta likes the BYU quarterback Zach Wilson a lot, then Sewell might fall to you. Mm-hmm. But if not, um, Atlanta could be on the tackle position because they do have um, – an Alabama left tackle. I forgot who it was, but I knew they picked him up from a few years back. I'm not sure who it is either. I think, but he could fall to you. Yeah. Either way though. Um, I said this before we, before the season ended, how it was when our first, one of our first episodes is I think you guys should go out and get Jamar chase or not Jamar chase. Um, the other guy, Yeah, it's Jamar chase, Justin Jefferson's in the league. Yeah. Jamar chase, the guy who opted out at LSU this year. And I thought Mm -hmm. that would have been a great um, tandem for you guys down there in Cincinnati. Cause obviously AJ green is already out the door. So that you need, maybe need another weapon. So, I think you guys are in an okay situation because I think you come up with either Devontae Smith or Sewell. Um, you're, it's going to be one of two. I think those are your two options right now. Um, besides that, maybe a running back, but uh, that's Joe Mixon needs to come back fully healthy. Yeah. Um, your, def- your defense is banged up. Um, if, if Sewell or Devontae Smith somehow aren't there at five, then maybe you trade back because maybe a team wants a quarterback or something um, and get more draft picks, maybe another first-round pick later on, maybe a 14 or whatever pick, and draft another lineman or maybe a corner or something along those lines to help out even more. Yeah. Um, but if they're going to give up their fifth, I want them to pick up at least another – I want them to get two – in the first round. Yeah. I think that if you give up the fifth pick, you should at least go for another two in the first round. Yeah, whether um, that be another one this year, then another one next year, or along those somewhere along those lines. Yeah, in my perfect in my perfect world, it would be they'd trade from the fifth to it was almost Buffalo had a similar situation where they traded back their early pick, but they had they traded with a team who had two. So that would be something I'm interested in. The only thing that scares me with the Penny Sewell thing in the draft is Tackles are known to get drafted early. It's not like Quentin Nelson where nobody thought a guard was going to be taken in the top five. And then depending on how these teams feel about quarterbacks, because I think Atlanta is going to go quarterback if they have the opportunity. If maybe Fields' uh, performance gave some people pause about Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence didn't look great. Or like you said, somebody somebody like Zach Wilson or anything like that. Any, any dumb thing, the Bears tra- draft Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, wait, they already did that. But something like that happens and you're still sitting at four like Atlanta, you missed out on your quarterback. Why not get another franchise left tackle? Because Penny Sewell's going to be – I think that he's got a lot of upside to be pretty good in the NFL. So that's my one hesitation about that situation. Another fun fact, Joe Mixon missed the last 10 weeks of the season for the Bengals, finished the season as the leading rusher on the team. And Joe Burrow was fifth in that category. So, like I said, it was a bright future. You have a bright future. It was a painful year, but you have you have the bright future because you have the right guy at quarterback now. Mm -hmm. You obviously have a good running back. You just need everyone else to fall in line, and now you need a good quality program around them. Oh yeah, I'm not sure if I like the fact that they're keeping Zach Taylor around another year, but four and eleven and one was probably. Two to three games better than I thought we could have done this season. Oh, you went on a three-game win streak at the end. And we beat the Steelers, which is, in the end, what ended up screwing us over. But we still beat the Steelers at in primetime with Brandon Allen, and, and, and we ruined their season and, and shot at the number one seed. 
Let's go talk about your let's talk about your Broncos because I'm sure you got a lot to say about that. Uh, first off, breaking news from today, Monday that we're recording this: John Elway is officially stepping down from the general manager role. He, let's not call it a step down. Let's call it a step up because he okay. promoted himself to president of well, football operations. That's so he 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 uh, well, he he decided I don't want this job. I'm just going to promote myself to a better one, basically, and bas- not do yeah. as much. Hey, John, can can you step in the office, please? Yeah, no, we we really appreciate everything that you've done here in, in the general manager's office, but we feel like it's time to go a different way. Uh, that's basically what he had to do. I'm the president of football operation now, John Elway, and bringing in with this culture that we wanted to to enter with, we just feel like John Elway isn't our general manager of the future. Yeah, but you can still look over everything and still be uh, behind the general manager, quote unquote, and still be a part of everything, but not have the role, I guess. Um, there, there's a few, you'll still make the picks. Yeah, there, there's still a few inter- there's a few interesting things about it. I think Elway, um, he definitely he's been saying this for a few years. Uh, that he wanted to step down. It's, I mean, he's had a lot of slack. There's no doubt about it. Ever since he he's bought, he's earned it. Ever since we won the Super Bowl, the team has not performed well. Um, he's been unable to find the QB of the future. Um, this this team. I'm gonna say this this season obviously was a was a sore in the side, but um, there's a lot of positives in my opinion because we saw a lot of emerging young players. Bradley Chubb um, is is one of the best edge rushers in the game. He's mm-hmm. he's outperformed everyone. Um, Jared Judy looks like he's gonna be an absolute stud. KJ Hamler had a very underrated season. He's gonna be a great slot receiver going forward. Noah Fant has taken a lot of great steps. I think he's a top five tight end in the NFL next year at one point. Um, so there's a lot of things that the Broncos have going for them. We just need to bring Vaughn back. We need to bring Cortland Sutton back. We need to get see what a full season, full health. Get Justin like. Simmons to stay. Need Justin Simmons to stay. The big question right now is um, Phil Lindsay is a free agent as well. Hopefully, I'm hoping we bring him back. Um, but you really? I do because Melvin Gordon is he's he's okay, but. Phil Lindsay is still he he should not wear any other color than orange or blue. Maybe he'll get another opportunity and wear, but I'm just worried that he'll go to a team and then they won't realize his potential like the Broncos do because of the hometown aspect, and he's going to be stuck somewhere where he's the third running back, and then he'll he he'll be a practice squad guy. That's what I'm worried about. Well, I mean, have the Broncos realized this? He's not the starting running back for the Broncos. He, he was he be. wasn't the starting running back when he was there. And my other question with him is that he's. He's a slight guy. He's not as big as a running back, and it's shown. He's not been, he hasn't finished a season without an injury yet in the NFL. So, if I'm looking at he, it the, with the hometown aspect aside, looking at it as an executive, I'm not sure how much I'm willing to invest in Philip Lindsay. The thing is, the way I see it is, you have to have a, you have to have that speed running back because we're realizing right now in the NFL is having a number one running back is big, but having a number two also is big as well. Having a one-two punch helps the offense so much, especially Drew Locke and his mm-hmm. inabil- and his ability to throw interceptions like no other. Having a one-two punch at running back helps a lot. Um, that's why. I mean, when we when, when Phil Lindsay was added to the team, Royce Freeman was the guy that we drafted. That's why Phil Lindsay was brought in the first place because we expected Royce Freeman to be the every down back and the, and the Phil Lindsay to be the the speedy guy almost, the mm-hmm. guy that won't take a few many hits, but he'll he'll be the guy that that's first and ten you want to run the ball and not third one you throw in Royce Freeman. But that's Melvin Gordon now. Um, Phil Lindsay, I think. I mean, people are forgetting. Take this year aside. He was a back to back thousand yard rusher. He every single year besides this year he's been in the NFL he's been a thousand yard rusher. Yeah. He he still can put up good numbers when he's given the opportunity. Um, the Broncos, because uh, because if you look at the running back situation, if you keep Melvin Gordon, um, you, you 
your second best running back is Royce Freeman, I guess technically, if you let Philip Lindsay walk. I don't I don't really believe that 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 to be the case. I think you bring Philip back for one year more year, you give him a hometown deal, let him prove himself again. If he has if he's not injury prone and he comes back firing, then you have a one two punch at running back that can go against some of the better ones in the league. It's it's not by far it's not even close to one of the best um, one two punches, but it is a formidable one that will help you a lot. Um I mean, obviously, I have bias because he's a hometown kid and he he's, he's grew up in the area and he went to CU and blah blah blah. But back to back thousand yard rushers rushing seasons. There's very like I said a few weeks back. There's very very few many pe- few running backs in this league that have done that. Yeah, um, and he was the is, first undrafted. And, and one if to it wasn't for injury prone and COVID in a weird COVID season, he didn't get to do that. And it, it's just unfortunate that this may cost him another roster spot on the team. I hope it doesn't, but I think you still keep him around for another year. I think maybe you cut even Royce Freeman, if I'm being honest, because um, you you got to have obviously backups behind Melvin Gordon, but Phil Lindsay deserves to be that mm-hmm. in the contention for number one running back. Well, if you want my completely objective opinion. Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay are your decision this season for running back because they came in the same year. So, and they're both, it's not like Royce Freeman was a first round pick. So they're both, their contracts are both up this, this season. Um, I would say that you got to make that decision. Phil Lindsay can be the guy that I would want to keep around, but he's got to prove to me because if he's going to be the speedy running back, that normally means he's the, the third down back and the shotgun back but he's not good enough out of the backfield for people to actually believe that we're going to throw to him or he's going to be good enough in pass protection. But if he could do that, get better at that, I'll take it because he's he's a better option running between the tackles than Melvin Gordon is. Honestly, it should be Philip Lindsay as the guy that you start the drive with and Melvin Gordon, that's what they were doing a little bit. And, and we were people were picking, games, that's what we well, were doing. Yeah. yeah, people started to pick it apart a little bit. But when Melvin Gordon's in, it's, it's possibility run or pass. And when Lindsay's in there, it's very rarely going to be a pass, but it, it, that's what I think the Broncos are deciding. But the, their main thing that they should be looking at, somebody from that defense has to be resigned, whether it's Shelby Harris or whether it's Justin Simmons, and it's kind of dependent on where you want the identity of that defense to be. I don't know. With I, I, Vaughn coming back and Chubb announcing himself, I would almost say if Simmons is a better one to resign because you have the presence on on the line. I will. I will say Shelby Harris. It was a huge X factor in a oh, lot of he's, games. One, he's got another contract somewhere. That's he, for sure. He deserves a lot of money, but looking at what where we are as a team right now, you re-sign Justin Simmons because Draymond Jones is a guy that that has Shelby Harris has brought under his wing, who played really well at the end of the year. Purcell too. Purcell is another guy. There's there's other the tackle is a position you can have a revolving door. There's other guys you can bring in. Shelby Harris is going to be badly missed because he was the leader, one of the leaders of that defense. Yeah. Um, but Justin Simmons, there there isn't another safety. There's few safety like Justin Simmons. There's a reason why he was a Pro Bowler this year and why he put up such great numbers. The dude deserves to wear orange and blue for a very long time. Um, I'm hoping he, I hoping I'm hoping the Broncos go that direction because Shelby Harris was a, was a we almost let him go and also we're forgetting Jarrell Casey's coming back next year. Yeah, Jarrell so Casey there's there's another there. reason why um, you let Shelby Harris walk. Jarrell Casey coming back will help us even more. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's so many injuries on this Broncos team, we just need to get depth wise and have these young guys develop. Um, a corner especially is another problem. OJ Mudia was a decent number two, but we need a number three because you might Callahan, honestly have to go. That might be your first round I, pick. I, I think that it, I, I'm, I'm right now the Broncos if. If you don't somehow trade up to get Trevor Lawrence or Ohio State or Justin Fields, that which probably isn't going to happen. You either get a corner or you drop to another D tackle. Um, that's, that's who's the, the guy out of Alabama that 
They were talking about There's a few game. guys out there that the Broncos were thinking about, but that's where you go because obviously Bouye is popping the roids, and then Bryce Callahan has been the most injury plate um, signee we've had in two years. Yeah. Uh, so you cannot trust that out there. We we Our secondary is going to be, be a lot better. Hopefully Will Parks can return because bringing him back was huge at the end of the year. But with, with – the way I see it in this division, you got to be able to have a good secondary and you got to be able to rush the quarterback. Rushing the quarterback, already have that down. You mm-hmm. have Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. That's not a problem. Now your secondary needs to be good because if you can't get to Patrick Mahomes, if you can't get to Justin Herbert, um, your secondary has to be able to contain themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now it can't because the, inj- the amount of injuries and the amount of um, st- not st- stigma or what is it? What is the right word? The amount of bad things that's happened to our team over the yeah. last 16 games, whether it be injuries or Adversity. opting out or yeah. roids COVID. or COVID or whatever it yeah. may be, you just got to have a full healthy season, get everyone back, see what Drew Locke is in the future. If we have a shit season next year, then we're tanking. Then you tank. Then you then you trade Von Miller for draft assets. Then you try to build a run, young team and see what the draft has next year of quarterback. But you run it back this year 100%. Bronco fans, if you're listening or watching on YouTube, look up Patrick Sertan. And he's one, watch, yeah. watch him in the national championship as well. But he's the guy, the cornerback. He won defensive player of the game in the uh, they were in the Rose Bowl. So he won. He's I would be looking at him with especially with your draft spot and cornerback has been absolutely terrible for the Broncos. If you can re-sign Simmons and bring in a young cornerback like that, you basically you can cover the outside and then Simmons can basically play center field. It takes a lot of pressure off, especially the offense that you're going against. I mean, so. Originally at the beginning of the season, the one position I want us to draft is middle linebacker. But I'm telling you right now, that is not a spot we should look at because Alexander Johnson, Jesse Jewell yeah. have that locked up hundred percent. So linebacker is not a problem. I know that was a slight jab at the beginning of the year, but Jesse Jewell and Alexander Johnson are the middle leaders of that team. Um, it with, with one other thing Broncos fans got to think about before we go to break. Um, a couple names to think about for GM. Lewis Riddick is a name that's popping around that I would love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, he's, a, he's a color analyst for ESPN. He's a guy that's popped around the league a few main times. He's doing uh, Monday Night Football. He Monday did Night Monday Night Football, Football yeah. this year. So he's a, he's a name that Broncos should get familiar with. And obviously a person that I would love. I don't know if it's going to happen. But I would love to see Peyton because he. There has been things that Peyton wanted to get back in the game, and he has a home here still. Maybe he wants to take a GM role where he he works with Fangio, works with Elway, and can be behind the scenes because maybe that's a hometown thing. I would not bet on that, but there's a possibility that could happen because that. I mean, that's an opening, and he lives here. He lives here half the time. His kids go to school here. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not like it's out of the question that he has to travel out of the out of the state and. Um, go elsewhere. So those are two names to look out for the Broncos GM. Um, a few other ones. I know. I know. There's a few guys in the Titans organization that the Broncos were thinking about because they've done a lot of good things over there. But um, whoever the next GM is, figure it out soon. And hopefully the owner situation can get going too because we need a fucking owner badly. The owner situation I think is well, is Bullen more pressing sucks. than yeah. Pat Bullen's presence is definitely felt. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, listen to one of our partners on the Unhinged Sports Network. I believe we're going to do Fubo TV this week and then also hear about the hockey show that we've been talking about, Two for Chirping. You're going to hear a little bit of a an ad from or uh, from me about that show that's coming up, and we'll finish out with Most Dominant Team, the Pick'em in our segments. What's up, Benchwarmers of the Unhinged Sports Network? We got another thing to, to get to because, you know, nobody likes dealing with cable companies in 2020. And here at the Unhinged Sports Network, we wanted to cater to you guys. 
to go into the new age, cut your cable cords with Fubo TV. We have a new link, a new partnership. You can go to the link in our bio, and if you sign up for a subscription through that link, you will kick back a little bit of money to the Unhinged Sports Network so we can continue to bring great content all across this platform. And we got big things coming up in 2021, so you're going to have to to get in on this, and we're helping you out in the process. Yeah, make, make your life easier, man. No one likes dealing with cable companies. You don't get half the channels. Um, sometimes there's blackouts. That's not present with Fubo. You can get whatever you want. I can watch Sunday Night Football with no sweat. I can watch the, or, TN, or I can watch basketball on TNT anytime I want. Um, get, be sure to use Fubo, man. I'm definitely going to be using it. I hate paying for cable, so I'm going to be using that right, right now as we speak, if we're being honest. And I want to make sure to get on that deal so now it's your turn to do the same. Help out the Unhinged Sports Network. Cut your cable cord. Come into the digital age. Thanks, guys. What's up, Benchwarmers? Jimmy Pilato here, and I wanted to talk to you today about a new show coming to the Unhinged Sports Network. We've introduced it to you with NFL Unhinged. You've heard Nico, my co-host, on 3 in the Key with the Reserves and Dennis from Sports and Things. But now, what do we do when it's no longer football season and you're too physical for basketball? We watch hockey, and me and the Bleacher Connection guys, Ken and Trevor, are going to start doing a weekly NHL show called Two for Chirping that's going to air premieres on Saturdays, I believe, before the week starts with the games, and we got tons of stuff. We have a lot of things planned. We're going to pick trophies at the beginning of the season, games every single week, and talk about all the headlines, and we'll have a rotating seat from everybody on the network, but two for chirping. Check it out. It's going to start the week before NHL games starts. Not this week, but the following week, January 16th, and we will see you guys there. Hope to join you on two for chirping. Welcome back, Bench Warmers. You just heard, be sure to tune in to Two for Chirping. It's going to be played mostly on the weekends. I'm recording it this Thursday, so when you guys are watching this on YouTube, that's what I'll be doing. I'll be recording Two for, two for Chirping with Kevin, Ken and Trevor of the Bleacher Connection podcast. But let's go ahead. Let's get into the rest of this episode. Most dominant team of the week. It was the last week, last regular season week of the NFL uh, you want to start? Or you want me to start? I'll, I'll let you start because I, I had a few I wanted to pick here, but I'm going to take a jab slightly at you with with one of my picks. So. Oh really? Ahead, well, yeah. I'm, I might be. T- I'm taking a jab at myself. The Baltimore Ravens are my most dominant <laughs> team of the week. 404 yards, uh, or 404 yards rushing, and they had 40 minutes of possession. So the Bengals had the ball for 20 minutes of a 60 minute game. That's not really a recipe for success, and it wasn't. It it was an absolute domination. Uh, the Ravens, I think, are now more of our big brother than the Steelers. That's that's saying something. The Ravens are are red hot. They're my most dominant team of the week. I, I take it back. My most dominant team is a is is going against the team you hate, your secondary team you hate, and that's the Buffalo Bills. And they absolutely throttling um, the the Miami Dolphins. Good lord, the ten and six Dolphins that missed the playoffs. <laughs> it's crazy to think the Washington football teams in the playoffs for that. But um, it's it's. I, I really like this Bills team a lot. Stephon Diggs is maybe the best receiver in, in football alongside Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been putting absolutely unreal numbers up. And um, the Bills look like they're on a tear. And now they have, like I said on the on the NFL on Hinge show that we recorded last week, the Bills have two home playoff games, maybe three. That's dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's scary. And they have fans at the stadium. Some. They don't have a lot, but they have some. Buffalo passed the warrant um, that they, they might have some pl- some fans there. So look out for them. They're easy my most dominant team of the week. I don't like I don't hate that at all. They were really they were really good. Um, 
And I like that Sean McDermott played all of his guys. Yeah, they were playing for the second seed, but they knew that the Steelers weren't playing all their starters. I guess that's how little faith they had in Cleveland to be able to make it in. Uh, but now we got the playoffs. Uh, so playoffs? 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 We're talking about playoffs? Oh, man, we're talking about playoffs. We're trying to win a game here. <laughs> yeah, in the infamous words of Coach Mora, the playoffs are started. Uh, we fell a little bit behind with our regular season pick and We'll go ahead and figure out the last stats that we had and see who won. Uh, but now we're going to stop there and reset for the playoffs. So now this is a whole new thing. Basically, whoever won the regular season is the division champion. They'll get a T-shirt. So you, I think you might have won. So congrats. You got the T-shirt. Barely I but, won. I did not have the last good couple weeks, but I barely won. But now whoever wins the playoff pick them, we, we will make a trophy and that the maybe, winner maybe of that. Maybe I'll let you keep this belt for a week then, or something. I'll, I'll let you hold. I'm on going to the continue belt. to bring it back here though for for every episode of the podcast. I don't know, maybe, but we'll have something, uh, a championship for the winner to to take home for the playoff pick 'em. But let's go ahead. We'll, we'll start off. Let's talk about the the bracket as a whole. The Chiefs number one seed in the AFC. Packers number one seed in the NFC. Uh, they they played all their starters too. Beat the Bears and the Bears still somehow made it into the playoffs. So, uh, well, I mean, shout out to the uh, who, who was the quarterback that that started for the Rams? Uh, uh, John Wolford. John Wolford. Shout out John Wolford getting his team in the playoffs. Man. Former Arizona hotshot. Who who th- whoever that quarterback was that Arizona started with the full sleeve tattoo and the Viking look. Good lord, that was that was wrong. I forgot, I don't even know his name, but I, it was like Stratlander sure. maybe. Yeah, I I, I can't I just can't think of his name. But yeah. I think he was a Canadian Football League guy, but the dude was. <laughs> Dude looked dope, but he was not good. Like a creative player in Madden. Yeah, basically, basically he's he's what my creative player looks like in every single game I play. Like the full sleeve tattoo. Chris Streveler. There you go, Streveler, and the blonde hair with the beard and the full sleeve. That is basically what I look like in all of my video games, my my career. So it was fun to watch that. But Cardinals fumbled the bag. Larry Fitzgerald may retire and not make the playoffs. Sad boy hours, but it is what it is. Yeah, that's that's a rough thing. But the Browns, first time in 18 years, they made the playoffs. About that. And they get to play the Steelers, turn right back around and play the Steelers again. This time with most of their starters. But uh, I, I'm, I I said it, I was live tweeting that game before we, we broadcasted the Nuggets uh, game on Sunday. I think that that was, I was rooting for the Browns mainly because it's a sad franchise that finally turned something around. And it gives me a little bit of hope as a Bengals fan that they made the playoffs. They broke their streak. At some point, this 31-year streak of not winning in the playoffs is going to come to an end. The congratulations to them. And the Titans. The Titans are division champs. I they get that. an extra home playoff game, I think, uh, with the four seed. I'm not sh- quite sure how that that works out, but they, yeah, they, they took a, care a of business. Playoff game and they get a revenge game, or the Ravens get a revenge game, and now they go to um, Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. Are we good? Yeah, we're chilling. Oh, all right. We're, we're chilling. Yeah, the yeah. camera, the GoPro, my, my connection lost on my phone, but the camera's still rolling, so we're good. There we go. Uh, other interesting matchups, the Colts end up getting the seven seed. They get the Bills in the first round of the playoffs. That's a nightmare matchup. That yeah, a I wouldn't, for them. wouldn't want to be going Bills. into Buffalo right now. Um, and then on the NFC side, the Saints took care of business. They got the two seed. Uh, might not matter in, in the long run because they're going to have to go outside for their championship game, and they suck, suck in the weather. Yeah. The Rams still are in it. I'm not sure how I feel about them without Jared Goff. Wolford won one game, but it's it's the one game that nobody had is, tape is on. Is Jared Goff confirmed out the rest? I don't of the know if he's confirmed out, but with the way that they were talking about his thumb, it was the sim- a similar injury to what Breeze had last year that sidelined him oh. for six weeks. So I mean, he could come back at some point if they make it that far. Uh, the game on the NFC side, I think that people are going to be paying attention to most is the Buccaneers and football team game, just because. 
The football team is the higher seed. They'll host this game. They're 7-9. and nine. We have 10-6 and six teams that did not make the playoffs, and we have the Washington football team. And I know Washington fans aren't going to apologize because they won enough games to win their division. You're the NFC least champions. Congratulations. But I don't think – I think the Cinderella season is coming to an end on Sunday. Well, first, first of all, let's talk about how we got to that point because there was some head-assery on Sunday night football. Oh, yeah. The Washington football that that this we should be talking about the Giants hosting Tom Brady at this point. We should we should, we should not be talking about the Washington football team. But considering Doug Peterson just hates the Giants more than he hates the football team, Washington football team Cinderella story continues. I don't hate it because Ron Rivera and Alex Smith, fantastic story. Comeback team of the year. Comeback team of the year. They deserve every single heartfelt. No mascot. Quarterback on one leg. Your other quarterback got had diarrhea, got benched, and then got the other cut one went for to the strip. strip club. No, yeah. that's it's the same quarterback. He got he had diarrhea, got benched, and then went to the strip club and got cut. Uh, and and then they had another quarterback absolutely destroy his leg. Kyle Allen. Kyle destroyed Allen his destroyed his leg this year too. So they they've had a lot to deal with. But hey, they're still here. Look, if they if they honestly didn't have as much terrible things go their way, they could have been like an eight five five hundred team. Mm-hmm. They could have been eight and eighteen. I mean, they're one game away. Excuse me, from being eight five hundred. So yeah. it's not like it wasn't that terrible. Yeah, they're seven and nine, but. Their defense is pretty good. It's not like they're that bad. Their defense could be something. Uh, we'll we'll go ahead, go through the pick them first, and then we'll pick uh, our. We'll we'll just go champions of each conference in our Super Bowl matchup. Because I'm not your teams are still. I think my team might still be in here to represent the AFC, and your team is still in here that we when we started the mm-hmm. show. Uh, but we'll go through the games first. So starting off, Colts Bills, the first wild card matchup. I think this one's pretty easy. The the Colts. Last week were interesting. They got out to a quick lead and then just kind of held on. Basically the same thing that the Browns did, but I think the Colts were in a lot better situation than they, they didn't need to do that. And the Bills offense, Josh Allen's playing at an MVP level. He's not going to win it because Aaron Rodgers went off this season. He has more passing touchdowns than J.K. has punts. Uh, so it's we shouted out Charlie. Shout out his older brother, J.K., who punts for the Packers. But the Bills have this one easily, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. This is going to be an a throttling. This is the, the, the Colts barely squeezed in the playoffs. They got lucky that they got to play Jacksonville last game of the year. Yeah. And Jacksonville is full tanking. So, that's the, I mean, they, they just got lucky that they ran into a bad team. But Phil Rivers has to go play in the cold in the playoffs. Not happening. Bills win here big. No, sh- no doubt about it. Um, Colts fans... I, I hope you enjoy this game because this is the last game you should see Philip Rivers play football ever again. It could be a good you thing. you need to move on. Hopefully, maybe you bring in a quarterback um, in the, in the offseason. Maybe it's Carson Matt Wentz. Stafford. Maybe it's Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Maybe, maybe it's Matt Ryan if they move on. Yeah. There's, there's quarterbacks out there. You just got to move on from Philip Rivers because you could be a top three seed in the, in the AFC if you had a quarterback that was anywhere near prime or good at yeah. all. We'll talk about one of his weapons on the offensive side that he's been playing with coming up in the end of the show segments, but they, they should be a lot better than the, what they have been. They couldn't put this game because they're doing a Nickelodeon broadcast again. Did you watch the earlier one? I oh, didn't get it. Oh, no, I did not watch but the Nickelodeon broadcast. They're doing the Nickelodeon broadcast. Thankfully, they didn't do this game because it would have been too, a little bit too ugly for the kids to understand. Uh, I don't know. The, the one they picked is going to be ugly, in my opinion, too. I think I think so, too, but it's the Bears. At, at least... In, I think Bears fans, honestly, are more pissed about it being on Nickelodeon than the actual... Are you Bears. fucking kidding? I got to watch the Bears on the same channel that SpongeBob is on? Like, Seriously? They're, they're just like, why the fuck am I watching SpongeBob run across the screen? 
it's terrible. It's, I think Bears fans are more pissed. The Saints could care less because they're. I mean, it's the Saints. The Saints are yeah. going to win that game. It, that's a that's a layup. So, I mean, if you want to go that one next, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we can we'll go that one. Sure. We'll flip flop. I'll, I'll pick it Saints here big. I mean, it's it's on Nickelodeon. Like I said, I'm probably not going to watch it just because it's the, the Bears. They have the other bro- – they're just simulcasting it on oh. Nickelodeon. So, they have the one Nickelodeon broadcast and then the regular broadcast. Okay, yeah, too. I will definitely be watching the other one. I may throw on the Nickelodeon one every once in a while for comedy reasons yeah, and be. just laugh about how weird this is. But, I mean, I'm going Saints here big. The Bears, Zach Kylevin, who's a Bears fan on the NFL Unhinged show, he, he really wanted his team not to make the playoffs because he wanted to be in a spot where they could draft a quarterback. But Trubisky is the answer, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he's the answer. He's we got a lot good. of people in Chicago hating us he's right played, now. He's played pretty good. But, I mean, it's a first-round exit. Unless we see a double-doink situation. But, I mean, it's, I'm sorry I had to bring that back. Oh, fans, reverse but. karma for the double-doink? Maybe. Maybe. And the Saints, the Saints have found ways, interesting ways to lose in the playoffs in the past. So, I, I didn't think that they'd get any competition from Minnesota last year. And Minnesota beat them in the wild-card round at home. Mm-hmm. So, who, who, who really knows? But I don't see that happening this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go back to the next game, the Rams and Seahawks. This one's a little bit interesting. They split their season matchup, but if I was going to put stock into a team, I would definitely be putting stock into Seattle more than I would for Los Angeles, especially with Goff not knowing his status. And they really don't have – their offense has been – for an offensive guru as Sean McVay, their offense really hasn't been what's carrying them. It's Aaron Donald in the defense. But I think that the Seahawks, Chris Carson is going to get going in the playoffs. And DK and Tyler Lockett, if they come to play, Russ is still Russ. He's not going to win MVP like we thought in the beginning of the season, but he's still a good good enough quarterback to win you playoff games. He, he will flip the switch. When, mm-hmm. it, when, it, when, it, when it comes time down to the game, Russell Wilson will show why he is a top quarterback in this game. Probably the most self-confident guy I've ever heard speak. Exactly. He, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's confident in himself. And they're playing a team that lost to the Jets two weeks ago. Three weeks ago, maybe two weeks. Two, two weeks ago. Three, two weeks ago. You really think the Rams? No shot. No, no zero shot. This Rams team. It doesn't matter if Golf is at quarterback, um, or or I already fought it. Forgot his name. Wolford. Yeah. Wolford. There you go. Wolford is the quarterback. Seattle's gonna win here big. Um, we'll talk about them a little bit more when we talk about our conference winners because I had I picked them beginning of the year and they're they're proving me right pretty well. But the Seahawks are gonna win here big, um, especially in Seattle in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The Rams don't have the facilities. So that's big money. They do not. They are not gonna go down to Seattle and beat them. This or up to Seattle, excuse me, and beat them. Yeah, that, that's a that's a tough situation for them. I would have much rather seen the Cardinals in in as the next NFC West team instead of the Rams. I think that game Rams. would have been a lot closer. I think that would have been a lot more fun watching D-Hop go against DK Metcalf mm-hmm. and watching that Russell Wilson versus Kyler Murray matchup. And now we get a good defense. Rams have a good defense, but their offense is just who knows what's go- what they're going to show. Next game, uh, last game of the NFC side. Uh, I think they put all NFC games on Saturday and AFC on Sunday. Uh, but Buccaneers and the Washington football team, I, I, we've talked about it a little bit already, but I do think that the Buccaneers, for as bad as they were kind of down the stretch, um, they are too talented for the football team. Now, maybe maybe the defense steps up, but I don't see their offense scoring much because their offense tried to give that game back to Philadelphia with Doug Peterson actively throwing the game. And he might as well threw Paul Crew out there at quarterback because that's what he was doing. He was shaving points, and, and it was bad. But the football team's offense... I love Alex Smith, and he's going to be comeback player of the year. And I wouldn't be – it should be the Alex Smith comeback player of the year moving forward. But 
I think the I think the uh, clock is about to strike midnight. I think the carriage is about to turn back into a pumpkin, and I don't know if Alex Smith is going to be looking too good in a tattered dress. So that's that's where I'm going. I'm going Buccaneers in that. Not match. so fast, Jimmy. Here is the first different one that we are picking. I'm picking the Washington football team. You want to know why? Because let me remind you, the last time a 7-9 and team made the playoffs, Marshawn Lynch shook the stadium in Seattle. People forget about that. Saints were one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. And um, – who was it? Matt Hasselback and Marshawn Lynch shocked the world, and they did that. And I'm picking them again. It's it's this Bucks team. I don't know what I'm getting every. I have no idea. They have too many weapons of offense. Tom Brady. You need to have consistent players, and you need to have players that are secondary. And they have all number ones who demand the ball. Rob Gronkowski demands the ball. Antonio Brown demands the ball. Mike Evans demands the ball. Mike Chris Evans Godwin. is also hurt, possibly. Exactly. And people are forgetting you have a really good running back in Ronald Jones mm-hmm. that you don't use to your advantage because Antonio Brown, quote-unquote, needs the ball. I mean, the Washington football team, you get what you get. They're, 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 they, they have nothing to lose. They expect to get their ass kicked. And just like Ohio State happened, they don't care if they, they – they're hearing everybody chirp at them. They didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. They should have lost to Philadelphia. They don't deserve it. Chase Young is going to have himself a day. I'm calling it right now. He is going to get to Tom Brady. Tom Brady is not going to look like himself. And the Bucks are going to fire Bruce Arians in the offseason. And look at Bill Belichick returning to the returning to team up with Tom Brady. Look out for that. But I'm picking Washington football team with the upset because of the history behind it. I am going to regret that decision. Um, 100%, but I'm picking the Washington football team. They're not going to go far, but I would love to see them win the first round of playoffs. I mean, it's it's definitely a possibility. Plus, Antonio Gibson coming back, Terry McLaurin playing well. Yeah. They have weapons. They have weapons. It, it reminds me a lot of the Broncos when they beat the Steelers with Tebow. Like, oh, well, it could be an ugly. Could it be could be enough. an ugly enough game that at some point the Redskins make one stupid play and end up in the end zone. It, I, I'm a little bit more nervous about that pick. I'm sticking with the Bucks, though. I think talent. It, worries, it worries me with Tom Brady on the other side. But look what happened last year. Everyone said the Titans had no shot against the Patriots, and they ran the ball down their throat does, for, for all day. I mean, Antonio Gibson can run the ball. Does so. Ron Rivera know how to time travel like Mike Vrabel? Well, I mean, he knows how to beat cancer, so maybe. He does. Yeah. So, he does. Uh, so I mean, if he can beat yeah, cancer, well, I mean, yeah. if he can beat cancer, he can beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. That's the way I see it. There you go. Uh, that would be. It. I think that's going to be one of the more interesting matchups early on this weekend for Wild Card Weekend. Uh, next game: Ravens and Titans, the AFC South champions. And we talked. About, you mentioned it. It's a revenge game for Baltimore, especially not just going back to last year's divisional round, going back to earlier this season. And these coaches don't like each other, and the players are really not. You know, they're they have embraced this rivalry. Uh, Earl Thomas is no longer there, so we're not going to see Earl Thomas lead blocking for Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry did I finish. Think, I think Ravens fans are okay with that. I, th- I think they're probably okay with that too. He's somewhere with his brother, uh, getting chased down, flagged down with a gun by his his wife. It's it was a crazy story. Oh, if you listen to Center of Attention before we started far into the bench, I talked about it in depth. You might be able to go back. You'll be able to go back and find that episode. I wouldn't recommend listening to it. It was a bad story. Um, but with all that being said, I think I'm going to go Ravens to upset the Titans. Because uh, the Titans, yes, I, I love them and I love Comp and I love that he's in the getting a chance to play in the playoffs again because it's only the second time in his career. Uh, but there's a lot of things going against the Titans this year. There's a lot of bad injuries. Taylor Lewan not being there is going to be difficult because now you got Quesenberry starting at left tackle who hasn't played in the playoffs. So I'm picking the Ravens because I think they're hot at the right time and and they're pretty talented. They're they're better team than we thought they were 
few weeks ago in the season. I really want to pick Titans, man. I really do. But I can't pick against this Baltimore team. Like we said, Lamar Jackson looks like the player we saw last year. We we didn't see that the first half of the year. Now he has turned the switch. And that defense is finally on all cylinders. Patrick Queen done an incredible job. Mm-hmm. Marlon Humphrey in secondary, man. Derek Wolf, shout out Derek Wolf, been a great guy at D tackle for them too. Hopefully he can get himself some more playoff wins. But I'm gonna go Ravens here too. Like I said, the Titans are gonna rely too heavily on Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill has played well. He deserves to be the number one QB for the Titans of the future. But can they sustain that? Can he have a turn on the game? I think he can. But he could he can announce himself here and, and he be domin- something. Yeah, if he dominates this game, then we're talking about a completely different story with with Ryan Tannehill and looking at him in a completely different way. But mm-hmm. I think the I think the Ravens, like we said, it's a revenge game. They have it's 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 similar to Ohio State game. They they see that the Titans have the hype around them and see Derrick Henry on the other side. And, and the Titans are playing into the their role in the, exactly, all of this. They exactly. they kind of think of this as tongue in cheek. I think the Ravens take this very personally, like Ohio mm-hmm. State did with Clemson. Yeah, so I, so I got to go Baltimore as well. I think Baltimore could be we could see a Cinderella run from them. They could be a team that um, shock a lot of people in the playoffs. But um, I'm gonna go Ravens here. I don't like it because I want the Titans to go far. I love watching Derrick Henry run the ball, man. So much fun to watch him run the ball. Mm-hmm. So much fun. But I'm I'm going Ravens here to win because of the story behind it and that that edge that Baltimore has going into the final or going into the postseason. Yeah, and the Ravens, the only two times that they've won the Super Bowl, they were the wild card team. So it's they've done it before. They know how to do it. Um, and John Harbaugh, if I'm going to pick a good coach out of the Harbaugh family, it's definitely John over Jim. That's not saying a whole lot. Well, if being honest, hey, but... Jim's trying to get back into the NFL, so we might be able to talk about both Harbaugh True. brothers in the league again. Uh, we talked about Bears and Saints, so the last game, the Browns and Steelers. Two teams you hate. Well. I mean, you hate the Steelers with a burning passion. The Browns, I, yeah, I don't the Browns hate, are like, we both suck. We the both Browns suck are, so are the Spider-Man <laughs> meme where I'm staring at them and they're staring at me and we don't know who's who because it's pretty similar barring this year. This is the first time that I've not been able to look at a Browns fan and go, we're the same. No, this it's an interesting game, but. I don't know. I'm gonna let you go first because I, I I'm I'm teetering, so I'll let you go first. I'm gonna go with the little brother. I'm gonna go with the. I'm going with the um, David to the Goliath. I'm gonna pick the Browns. I don't like it at all, though. I don't like it at all. But Pittsburgh resting all their players to know that they probably are gonna face Cleveland again a week from a week later. It pisses me off. Because well, they knew, because they knew the Steelers have a way about themselves. They 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 thought they were like, you know what? If we lose this game, we probably play the Browns again. So why the hell are we going to play our starters against this team? That thought I did that didn't cross my mind until I saw the playoff bracket come out. Because then I'm like, wow, the Steelers really did think about that. Because mm-hmm. they did not want to. They probably cut their playbook in half easily. Knew that the Browns were a first round matchup. Um, they they probably come into this game like, yeah, we're the hotheads, we're a better team. Ben Roethlisberger in the playoffs, no one can stop him. I beg to differ. Miles Garrett is gonna get to him like no other. I, I have a lot of faith in this team. Um Browns God, I can't believe I'm saying that. Faith in this team, the Browns. That's weird saying that still. But they're not the factory of sadness anymore. The, the, the uh, Steelers have nothing going for them. They got lucky that they played some bad teams at the end of the year. I know, I'm sorry, Jimmy, but they played some bad teams of the year at the end of the year. And they, they're and not, they lost to those Yeah, the teams. Browns are, have been playing meaningful football for a long, for a long time, and they're going to come in ready to roll and ready to pop the big brother in the mouth. I agree. Uh, I'm going Browns. I thought we were going to differ on this one because it's pretty easy to pick the Steelers. Uh, but Baker Mayfield is 
he he did enough and he's playing smart enough now where he's not putting his defense into bad situations. And yeah, the Steelers sat most of their starters, but the Browns had a lot of guys still out with COVID. Their offensive coordinator was out with COVID and Denzel Ward wasn't able to play. And now they're playing on Sunday. So Denzel Ward will be back. Everybody's going to be available for them again, finally. Uh, knock on wood, hopefully nothing mm-hmm. comes out earlier uh, than, than what we're talking about now. But I do think I like the Browns. I'm picking the Browns because the Steelers, you know, I've been saying they're a first-round exit ever since they lost or struggled against the Ravens on the Tuesday night game, and I'm going to stick with that. I think the Browns knock out the Steelers in the first round of the playoffs in 2020 or 2021 gets off to a way better surprise than 2020 did. The but, 2020s, I'm going to call it right now, are going to be much better than the 2010s for the Browns. So, so I'm, I'm, I don't hate this at all because, I mean, I know how much you hate the Steelers. Yes. And and considering what Washington football team were able to do with them, what, what your team was able to do with them. My team was pretty – like. It wasn't an Brandon impressive Allen win, but tore that Steelers team that was fighting for the number one seed, mm-hmm. and this is not the same team that was undefeated, not at all. I mean, they they're they're banged up. They get T.J. Watt back, but Minka Fitzpatrick has not looked as good. They don't. They're not there. Maybe it's time for the offseason for them to go get J.J. Watt. Maybe we see that. We could, the, we could see all three brothers. Watt brothers. I think that would be all three Watt brothers, and then the Edmonds brothers are all on the same team. Wow, that, I mean, that'd, be, that'd be a fun it's family game. affair. That'd everybody's fun playing. Game. Everybody's playing for the same team. Exactly. So I'm I'm gonna go Browns here. Big. I mean, I I picked I picked a lot of underdogs. I'm gonna be honest in these in these games. I picked the Browns to upset. I picked the Ravens to upset. I picked the Washington Football Team to upset. You only had one upset, so it's gonna be. Gonna I picked be the Ravens. Oh, oh, yes, you're right, you're right. You well, the only game that we differ on is the Buccaneers. Oh, game. you're right, you're right, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's, right. that's the only one. Don't, don't. You're right, I'm stupid. Don't you're throw right. me under the bus that quickly. I'm, I'm trying, I'm doing better. We'll, we'll have the full our full brackets out there because I know it's a little bit weird because the number one seed plays the lowest seed, and we'll figure out how all of that works out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jimmy and I will have the full bracket out on our Instagram and Twitter like we did for the NBA bubble and the NHL bubble. So yep. look out for that for the full bracket. But let's talk about who – because we didn't talk about the Bears or sorry, we didn't talk about the Packers or the Chiefs at all. Right. Do you think they both these teams the buys help them and help them get to the championship or get to the Super Bowl? The Chiefs, especially since they were able to rest guys last week, it's basically two bye weeks in a row. Andy Reid does very well off of bye week, and we saw how that played out for him last year in the playoffs. And he finally got the the monkey off of his back, so to speak. I do think um the 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 and the Chiefs did lose earlier on in the season, so it's not like they haven't faced any adversity. They were able to come back. Hopefully Clyde gets healthier in this time that they have off. But I do think that both these teams benefit from the bye week. And then they both benefit from pretty good home field advantage, whether there's a crowd there or not. Lambeau is going to be terrible to go to come playoff time. And Kansas City, it's cold. It, it might not be bad weather like I think it's going to be in, in Green Bay, but it's going to be not very fun to be out there. And, and if these games are played later in the day where it's really cold, like, you you get a team, most of the team, well, Indianapolis and I think Tennessee would probably be the two teams that struggle most with the bad weather on the AFC side. But I think everybody struggles if they go up to Lambeau in, in this time of year. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, with I think the, the Chiefs have a, um easier route, if I'm being honest, because I don't see anyone on that side um, on the AFC that can probably possibly tempt them. Maybe only, Buffalo. Only Buffalo. Maybe that's Buffalo. the only one that I could possibly I would love to see a Buffalo – Chiefs um, AFC title game that'd be a lot of fun but the way I see it NFC the Packers have a lot more what ifs because what if the Seahawks get going 
Yeah. What if the Saints show that they're they're a number one seed at one point? Mm-hmm. What if Tampa Tampa Bay gets going? Um, that that's a bunch of what ifs. Um, the seat, I I think the the Packers have a lot more scenarios where they could lose. Mm-hmm. I think there's more teams that they, they may not be as comfortable against because their 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 defense is not as good and the running game has slowly gotten there. But Aaron Jones has been injured and hopefully he gets better and he's fully healthy. But um, this this NFC is wide open in my opinion. There's now, a, obviously it goes through Lambeau, um, yeah. and that's that that helps Packers a lot, especially if it's. Well, I mean, cold. maybe if it, maybe it goes through Lambeau because it was supposed to go through Baltimore last year in the AFC and true. they lost. It's true. So either way, I mean, I still like the Seahawks NFC though. I'm, I know that I picked them in the preseason. I'm kind of homering that or homering that because I want to be right about my Super Bowl matchup being Seahawks versus Chiefs because mm-hmm. um, I had that picked and I'm gonna stick with that because um, Seahawks, like I said. When they they have the talent now, they, they didn't have that in years past. But when a Russell Wilson team is flipping the switch and they are primed and ready to roll, it's very hard to stop them. And that defense is slowly getting there. Jamal mm-hmm. Adams is slowly he's he's in the playoffs. Who knows what Jamal Adams in the playoffs is going to look like? Yeah, so. Jamal Adams might be a problem in the playoffs. I didn't think about that. Uh, so I like the Seahawks still out of the NFC, but I'm going to be honest, I'm going to root for the Packers because I want to see Aaron Rodgers get into the Super Bowl. But I think the Seahawks are going to are going to take it. I'm going to – my team for the NFC, I'm going to go with the Saints. It's I'm not as confident in it now with Quan Alexander being hurt, but I would, for the same similar reason, I kind of want to see Drew Brees get another ring. He's got all the records anyways for career now, so he's going to be in the Hall of Fame anyways. But getting that second Super Bowl, we saw what it did with Peyton because I think if Peyton doesn't come to Denver and win the second one, it's a little bit – his legacy isn't as great as what we remember it now. I think Drew Brees gets that. I think – uh, Cam Jordan is good enough to be able to lead that defense, and Malcolm Jenkins has been there before. He Malcolm Jenkins was the was the underdog when he won it, and and I think the Saints are going to be looked at as underdogs getting later later on in the playoffs. So on the NFC side, I'm going to go with New Orleans. This is a full circle because I remember not too long ago you were saying Drew Brees sucks. Replace him. He he's, oh, he's not, not gonna he's not gonna be the reason they win, and he's gonna play like shit all throughout the playoffs. But you want him to get into the Super Bowl? But I, I I wouldn't hate that though. I would not. It's hate just that. like Peyton in 2015. I mean, okay. Then let's have let's have the conversation. Do you think? The Seahawks, Packers, or um, Saints have a shot against Kansas City? Because I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I mean, the Saints played them very close, but that's the thing about the Chiefs is that they're good enough that they can kind of coast to coast ga- to close games, and it's still you never really mm-hmm. believe that they're going to get beat. Of those teams, I definitely don't think Green Bay is going to be able to stand up to them. The only team – I don't even think that Seattle would be able to stand up to him. I think that's just too much of a talent gap because Seattle's defense is played better, but they're not good enough to stop Kansas City's offense. And Kansas City's defense is, is good enough that they could probably shut down Russell Wilson or only let one of those other receivers get going. So I, I'm going to say that the Saints were the only team on the NFC I could see competing with Kansas City. But if Kansas City's focused, Kansas City wins the Super Bowl. They're going back-to-back. I, I think I'll differ with you here. I'm, I think the Packers have the best shot. Their defense is not as good, but if there's an offense I trust to put up points against the Chiefs because if it's a 50-49 to 49 game whatever, mm-hmm. I think there's only one team on the NFC that can do that, and that's the Packers in my opinion. Yeah. I think the Packers, can. their defense won't be as good, but an offense I trust more 
uh, to put up those points is Aaron Rodgers. Um, if, if we're looking at teams that match up defensively better, it's definitely not the Packers. I think the only closest team would be the Saints, but they they don't have Quan Alexander to mm-hmm. cover over Travis Kelsey over the middle. Um, so that's 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 the storyline we got to look forward to the future. But the Chiefs, I mean, like we said, the Chiefs have to go through Buffalo. Buffalo yeah. could be it could be a good good test. Buffalo could be a good test. Um, the Ravens could be get red hot. It could be we could be see a surprise in the AFC, but I, I can't bet against Chiefs. No, and I think you know, it, it's just at this point they're they're so far ahead of everybody, and they're so everybody uh, everybody but the Packers have already played them that I think could stand up to them. So maybe that gives the Packers a little bit of an edge that way, but. Patrick Mahomes just in that offense that offense works so well together it's one of the one of the most complimentary it's games it's, it's one of the most complimentary games I can remember seeing just offense defense wise and Andy Reid is a perfect coordinator for that I'm interested to see what it's going to be like without Eric Bieniemy because I doubt he stays around but uh, I, I, I he probably will get an NFL job but I would guess that they keep him through the playoffs yeah no they'll keep him through the playoffs but I don't maybe, think that he's yeah, going to be maybe, there maybe again year, next year a year from now maybe they won't be as good offensively but Bieniemy I mean, maybe he goes to New York and gets Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. That could be interesting. But the enemy should get a job in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, he, he's going to be a head coach at some point. There's our pick him for the first wild card weekend, and we talked a little bit about some of the big storylines moving towards the rest of the season. Let's go ahead, and we'll get into our la- ending of the show segments and then plug our stuff and get you guys out of here on this episode 22 of the far end of the bench. We can drink now, episode 22, ladies and gentlemen. It is we, okay. We totally spaced on saying that because episode 21 was uh, three weeks three ago, weeks, uh, three weeks earlier recorded, so we didn't really think about that. But we can drink now, but maybe we'll start drinking on the pod if if we if we start getting our ass kicked in these pickums and stuff. Oh, so. I, I mean, we'll we'll say it now. We might have to take the Wonderlick test. Depending, I on how, don't have to. No, take the you don't. You do well, because I picked the regular season correctly. It, I I didn't. I don't have to take the Wonderlick because I lost the pickum. I was a gracious host, and I felt like if we introduced the stipulation as late as we did. Everybody would be like, no, no, I don't because I'm already lost. So I said, okay, I'll take the, I'll bite the bullet. I'll take this. It would have been funny because we're going to do, I think that's, we decided the Wonderlick test, yeah, right? Should, I think we signed on the Wonderlick test because we I were going to sign up to take the ACT again. I am not doing that again. I'm not paying for that. I well, I'm not going to pay for any of the prep this time. I might just go right on the test. It would be ridiculous, but it's a stipulation, but we'll, we'll keep you updated on that as well. Yeah, I'm. I'm just thankful that I had a great last week because I don't think I'm even bottom two. I think Jim fell off and had himself a bad week, and yeah. he's the second worst. And but Kelsey from Hilo Sports, it's not Kelsey's island because he does not know how to pick island picks. He he know he picks island picks against, but it's dumb. It, it's head assery, and he, that's why he has the worst record. Yeah, well, moving forward, we'll talk about that. Uh, wrapping up this one episode, beats of the week. Uh, not a lot. Not uh, when we started this beats of the week, we're like, I have to pick three, but there's ten. Now it's I have to find three. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'll start, and it's UFC. We talked about UFC. I'm so glad that it's coming back, and we have a big card coming up at the end of the month. Yeah, the first card of the year won't be this weekend, but it'll be the following weekend. weekend with Qatar against uh, Max Holloway. It's yep. going to be a fantastic fight. So that's that. I'll probably have a pick him for that next week. But that's a that's a great fight going forward. Poirier McGregor's at the end of this month. It's Ooh. a rematch at 155. It was at featherweight last time, and it was also. I mean, Poirier was good, but he wasn't as seasoned and didn't have the experience that he's been able to gain since the first first time that he and McGregor fought I would say McGregor's had a lot of experience too as early on in his run I think it was his 
I think it was his second big victory in the UFC when they fought the first time. Yeah, that's that's the victory that kind of exceeded him into because the he called the round yeah. again. Yeah, bear so, opponents or bear opponents, not components. Wow, I can't talk. Yeah, that that was the fight that was like his biggest fight, mm-hmm. and then after that, he started getting better fights, and he went on that huge win streak. Yeah, so uh, that fight's gonna come up at the end of this month. I'm not gonna pick a winner. Because I, I kind of want to take some more time to, to dive into this. But I was looking on FanDuel today. It is plus 340 to go to distance. Which it could. like I think that Poirier has gotten good enough to where if they do. If he fights a perfect fight. And maybe Connor's not all the way there. Maybe it goes to a decision. I don't. These two guys are known to finish people. But plus 340 is a, a pretty good return. And then you don't have to pick a winner. You can just enjoy the fight the whole time. Unless somebody gets knocked out. But. Yeah, I mean, I would like a knockout. It's going to be a fantastic fight. I tweeted out, man, that promo video today, hype me up, bro. Can it be J- January 28th, 27th, 27th? I think 20, I think it might be 26th. 26th, one of those days, man. Oh, my God, I can't wait for that. Maybe we can we can convince the guys at ColorCast to give us that game, too, or that fight. At I least. would love That'd to do fun. that. I've always wanted to be Joe Rogan. That's fine. I, I'd totally fun. do that. That'd be a lot of fun. I'll go my next beat of the week. I mean, like we said, these are a bunch of – we kind of had to nitpick and, and yeah. dive into deep into whatever we wanted with these. So I almost looked at the soccer lines, not going to lie. Wow. And ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Jimmy looking at soccer lines. January 23rd, by the okay, way. Okay, January 23rd. But uh, my first one, I'm keeping with football. I'm picking the Washington football team to beat the Bucks. I told you that was my pick but they're plus 230. That's honestly pretty respectful to the Washington football team because usually a team that's – has Tom Brady and against a team that's not as good on paper, which the odds should be shifted more mm-hmm. that way, maybe plus three fifty range, but plus two thirty is pretty reasonable in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I like Washington football team to get to Tom Brady because they're more. That I mean, neither team has been consistent, so right. um, I'm going Washington football team to beat the Bucks to plus two thirty. My next one, it's the national championship, and it's going to be surprise to most people. I'm saying this one so that it doesn't happen. Uh, Ohio State to win the national championship plus two ten. Uh, it's. I think plus two tens a little bit after what we saw them do. It's giving Alabama a little bit too much credit. I don't like that going forward. And as we're talking, I'm going to pull up uh, the spread here. But I do. I think it's going to be a, a good good matchup against two of the top teams in the country. I think these are the two best teams, and we'll see how it finishes out. But plus two ten for Ohio State to win, and it's Alabama minus seven and a half. So maybe look at the spread. Cut the spread, yeah, the spread. Because I think, I think Ohio be State can cover. Uh, 100%. I think you've had a few beats of the week that you've done, like, you've had a word, like, I hope this doesn't happen, so I picked it. Yeah. I think you you messed yourself up a little hit there. A, I, I know you picked the Stars to win the Cup, and that luckily fired in the right direction for us. Whew, Whew, luckily, was, luckily that went out. Vancouver up. almost gave me a heart attack. but <laughs> So luckily that helped us out. I think there was another one I'm totally spacing on, but that you picked that hopefully it doesn't happen. That's why you put it in beats of the week. So yeah. I don't know what the other one was, but uh, my, my last two beats of the week are – uh, trophy picks actually. So I'm gonna go like we said. Hockey starts next week. Hart Memorial Trophy winner Nathan fucking McKinnon yeah. plus 500. Write it down. Put the bank account on it. The dude dessert has should have won it the last two years, mm-hmm. three years. But now finally he's gonna get it again this year. It's his year to win. It's Av's years to win the cup. Him to win this Hart Memorial Trophy. Um, right. Put it in paper, write it down. He's going to win it. Plus I know, 500. I know you like to be the hot take guy, but that's not a hot take anymore. Everybody knows that Nathan McKinnon is the best player in hockey. Should have won an MVP by now. Which, 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 for all those non-hockey fans, a heart trophy is the MVP of hockey. Also so, the Ted Lindsay. Ted Lindsay, yeah. So, I, he, in my opinion, he's going to win that. Um, so, I'm going to go Nathan McKinnon. Plus 500. My last one is another football game. Colts are plus 260 to beat the Bills. 
Uh, the Colts are frisky. They could, and maybe the Bills get blinded by the lights. But I think that team has had enough playoff experience as the uh, uh, the road team in the wild card weekend. Hosting, I don't see it happening, but plus 260 is a decent win back for I, you. I don't hate that at all. Uh, my last beat of the week, um, a player that has surprised me a lot thus far. Most improved player in the NBA, Christian Wood. Christian Wood down there in Houston. I believe James Harden is going to get his ass traded soon. I don't know where it's going to be, but Christian Wood is going to be the number one option down there in Houston. And he has played fantastically. He has been almost the number one option down there. That that Houston team is finally fun to watch because mm-hmm. John Wall is back. Boogie was playing tonight. He looked good. I mean, he got ejected because it's Boogie. He got ejected already in his first game back because it's Boogie. Uh, um, but that's plus, that's plus 275. He's the favorite, but I don't hate that at all. Christian Wood is going to be he, – he, he, he's one of the best stories in basketball I've seen too because uh, when, he, when, it was, when he got – or he didn't get drafted three, three years ago, three, years, three or four years ago, he had a draft party. There was a famous story that came out last week um, where his girlfriend dumped him that same night. He had a huge party in Vegas because he went to UNLV. Hmm. His girl dumped him that night. He had a driver to the airport. She dumped him. He didn't get drafted. He had to go overseas and play. He then got picked up by a G League team here. Got on the roster for um, Detroit. Got some play time. Finally got a huge contract in Houston, and now the dude is playing outstanding. So fantastic story. Shout out to Christian Wood. Um, he's, he's my most improved player this year in the NBA. I know it's way early saying that, but he is my most improved. I like that. And, and if the Marcus keeps getting kicked out of these games, we might have to name it, nickname him H-Town Boogie. Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. You can do that. That's a that's a dance for those of you for those of you way older. I mean, even older than I am. That's a that's an old reference. But now, that, those are the beats of the week. Go put your, put your bets in, win some money. I have my Avalanche bets still in. I do too. I have it in there as well. Hoping I'm gonna I'm gonna dust off those sweaters next in the next couple weeks. But now, player of the week, I'm gonna start Jonathan Taylor. I said one of Phil Rivers' best weapons. Thirty. Carries 253 yards and two touchdowns. I was gonna go Derrick Henry, but Jonathan Taylor hit ran for more yards, mm-hmm. and Derrick I think Henry, he had more touchdowns. Derrick Henry did have the 2K mark, which is 2,000 mm-hmm. yards rushing, which was huge. But I think he had to rush for like 145 yards to get it too. He had to yeah, hit a crazy had, number. They had to hand the ball off to him every single time, basically, and, and they did. And they were trying to win the game too. Which yeah. So I mean, that that added bonus there. But my player of the week, Jimmy, you're gonna love this one. I think. I would give this award to two players because there was a combination of 63 points scored on Sunday night by Draymond Green and Steph Curry. And Draymond Green came in with a whopping one point. Yep. And Steph Curry had 62 points. So if you if you have any other direction, think I'm going player of the week. It's Steph Curry, 62 points. The dude put on a show. Uh, most, most points in a single game in the last four years, maybe three or four years, last since Clay put 60 up. Yep. Um, so a fantastic performance by Steph Curry. I had to do this slight job, jab at Draymond Green for having one point because there was I remember that stat or there's there a funny photo going around when Kobe was playing with Kwame Brown, one of the biggest busts in NBA history. It was it was like um, Kobe and Kwame Brown combined for 82 points, and Kwame Brown had one and Kobe had 81. Yeah. <laughs> so I just love going back to that stat and then Draymond putting up one point in his comeback game and Steph Curry putting up 62. I got to give player of the week to Steph Curry because uh, that was an outstanding performance he put on for the for the league. That's his team. That, that's proof. He he stamped. He put his stamp of approval on it, and he's the oldest guy on the team. He's all wrapped up it's after crazy three quarters. Being the, yeah, being the oldest guy. I think on he's team. like thirty-one or something, something like, like that, that and, yeah. and he's an old man wrapped up in ice on on the basketball court. Play of the week. I'm gonna let you start, 
and I might regret this because mine is good for me, but I'm not sure how it's going to play for the bench warmers. So. I, I like this one a lot. I think this was a tone setter, but Najee Harris hurdle. 53-yard run. God damn, that set the tone right away. He did it within one. the yeah. first two minutes. I mean, he 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 got interviewed by Megan Rapino from the U.S. Women's National Team, and she told him, um, "What can I how, what, what can I do for you to hurdle a guy in the game?" And he did that in the first two minutes. The dude uh, literally leads leads him. To he was line. and the guy he left leapt over was like six three and standing straight up. It was insane. The dude. It, I mean, my one of my plays of the week early on in the season was Alec Ingold, a fullback, doing that. But considering he did that over a six foot three guy and ran another fifty three yards. Yeah, is asinine. Is are insane in my opinion. I mean, then Trey Sermon came back the next game and tried to do it and he just missed barely. He get he got over most of him, but he got right. tackled directly after. Yeah. But Najee Harris fifty three yard run with the hurdle. Man, that was a fantastic play. If he does win the Heisman, that's his Heisman moment. I don't think he's going to get it. Devontae kind of blew everybody else out of the water on Saturday. My play of the week, it's another rushing touchdown because we are fullback and an offensive lineman, so we love yeah, rushing love touchdowns. Rushing touchdowns yeah. Jonathan Taylor had a 40 – or not Jonathan Taylor. Nick Chubb had a 48-yard rushing touchdown against the Steelers, set the tone for most of the game, and it got – in my opinion, I think it got the, the Browns back into the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. And for that, and because he's my favorite running back in the league right now, uh, Nick Chubb is gonna get my my nod for Nick Chubb's your favorite running back. Mm-hmm. More than Derrick Henry. Yes. Oh, a rival, a rival team. Your is your has your favorite running back in the league. If Nick Chubb was on the Bengals, I would love him even more. That's fair. Only because I have Joe Mixon. He's not actually. I'll I'll take that back. Joe Mixon's my favorite. Okay. Nick Chubb is my second favorite. Okay. That's if fair. I didn't have Joe Mixon, I long for Nick Chubb. In the middle of the night, I'm that an offensive lineman. On that one, but. Maybe not. Maybe not. If that's what it takes, I just want Jonathan Taylor in Cincinnati. But uh, that's going to be the end of our segments. And we got some housekeeping things to get to you at the end of this episode. Like we've been mentioning throughout ColorCast, at tune to you on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we will be broadcasting one of the broadcasts for the national championship on that app. If you have an iPhone, go ahead, download the app, and then click on Monday night. When we're getting ready to go, like I said, 15 minutes before uh, the game starts, we'll come on with a pregame show. But click on Alabama versus Ohio State in the national championship and be able to find our commentary. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing the, the Nuggets game last mm-hmm. night. And, it, and honestly, sometimes the national broadcasters get a little bit boring. And if you want to hear some, you get a different perspective, it, it's, a, it's a cool place. And it's it's honestly I miss broadcasting a lot. It was a lot of fun. Exactly like Jimmy, Jimmy and I. If you love listening to our podcast, love listening to us on other shows, you'll definitely like hearing us broadcast live games because we interacted with the chat a little bit. Um, Jimmy has a lot of great background with knowing how to follow a basketball game very easy. I'm still helping him with some of the names. I don't know the names. We'll yeah. get there. We'll, at the, by the end of the Timberwolves game, you're getting all the names down. So I will give you credit for that. But I had to help you at the beginning a little bit. But, I mean, we're, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're definitely doing a national championship game. We will sporadically do Avs games, Nuggets games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both have lives. So you gotta get, guys got to give us a little bit of help. We do have lives outside of this, man. We do have. We, we yes. do like to. Families, we, girlfriends, friends, everything. We, we, have, we have lives, so we won't be able to do everything. Every single Nuggets game, Avs game, do a podcast, do right. four shows, all that. That's just un. And we have jobs now too, so we cannot do that either. So we, we, we're not going to be able to do that constantly, but we will update you guys when we do have it because, I mean, it was a lot of fun doing that. And yeah. I'm pretty sure because, I mean, you have the voice for it because you've done it for so long. My voice can't take this already. I'm losing my voice as we're talking yeah. because after we did three hours yesterday, and I can't even 
bear to see what we're going to do for four hours of the college football playoff. We might have a little bit longer of a, of a halftime segment where oh we just gosh, play music yeah. so I can, we can rest our voices. Maybe you'll have tea going on. But January 11th, about 545 Mountain Time is when we'll go live with that. Uh, and since we both, this isn't our lives, since we both have to have day jobs, go, be sure to check out our partners with the Unhinged Sports Network, Fubo TV. Great way to not have get cable but not have a contract, and it streams. You never have to worry about blackouts or anything like that. And then also Fanatics, go get apparel. Valentine's Day is coming up. Or if you just want to go get your favorite team's jersey, need another player's jersey, the draft is coming up. Go get you the Mile High City MVP edition Jokic jersey. Go get you the jersey you will see next week on Jimmy, the Nordiques jersey. You're going to love that. It's, it's, um, go it's get dirty. you. Go get you anything, basically, man. Go get you – I mean – Go get you a Nuggets sign. Go get you something, man. If you live in the Mile High City, go get you something Nuggets Avalanche. Like that, you need to right now it's, because both yeah. those teams deserve our support, and they're going to be fantastic going forward. And you're going to need it for when we have these playoff pushes. We got a lot of stuff coming up in 2021. We said it in the episode you heard last week, but we got more interviews, uh, some streaming content, like I mentioned, on Twitch with video games. I'm going to make those highlight videos for YouTube. And we might even have an office at some point, some merch coming down the line. That's a little bit farther out there, but it's all going to, there's going to be a ton of stuff coming at you of 2021 with the far end of the bench. So with that, this is episode 22 for myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryant. Thank you for listening to the far end of the bench, episode 22. We'll see you guys next week. When the night is cold and low, this is a dollar bill. Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices, I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Out of physics, I'm getting me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man. I got the plan. I call the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a slam. Piled like a perk. I'm going here. I'm going crazy. I'm yeah, we sticking up for nigga. Like that music, like I look a slam. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out a nine and I sell it.